0: Thank you so much for tuning in to the Spiro Avenue show. You could follow us on social media at Spiro Avenue on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also watch our full episodes and clips and highlights on YouTube. And we would appreciate it if you could hit that subscribe button for us. Anyways, thank you so much for tuning in and I hope you enjoy.
1: Well, as Bruce Springsteen would say, it has been in fact a long time coming. I have wanted this gentleman across from me on this show for quite some time. The second that he finally responded, I think he saw my follower count went to a point where he thought I was worth his time. The studio is an <laughs> active demolition. We are still having technical difficulties with the corner cameras. Ben, I think, has been uh, doing something nefarious on the sideline to sabotage this show. I'm not sure what's going on. Uh, maybe it's an angry Michigan fan that has not been a fan of my, my tweets recently. But you are here finally in the flesh. Here we go. This is Justin Rose, a four-time Emmy Award winner. You look great in those pictures you're holding up, by the way. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You're one of the few people you rejected a TV contract extension, which is unheard of. People are doing like sins against God. (laughs) People are hacking up family members and, and burying them somewhere in their house to get those gigs. And you were actually in one, requested to stay, and said, I'm good, which is Rare, but I so maybe that's like your biggest point of interest for me, frankly. But most importantly, a fellow Spartan during a very key time oh, yeah, extremely rare bye week leading to Michigan
2: double bye week. Well, for yeah, both, both of, them, of them both on the bye week. So we get to we get to hear just all sorts of nonsense. And it's, for 13 days,
1: it's living up to that because these two fan bases are bored as fuck with the bye week.
2: Hey, don't turn your Michigan M upside down to make it look like a W. I
1: I saw that today for God, a minute. Michigan and fans, I don't, I, I don't know who's making fun of whom. I don't know if like I, I know, right? Did we come up with that? Are they making fun of us? Making fun of them? They're already
2: Let's... giving up the W. <laughs> oh.
1: I can't even figure it out. But yeah. so. We're coming up on that. This is going to be the first of, I don't know, at least three shows. We're talking to a couple members of that Michigan team right now. Those are a harder sell. but Uh, Yeah, I can imagine. It's looking 30-70. It's about 98-2 in our favor for a Michigan State iteration. (laughs) We're looking at Jalen Watts Jackson joining us just as he did last year, this time with Chris Castellani from Barstool Sports. The Michigan perspective versus the Michigan State. This will be the first of three or four. This is a lot of time to fill before this game, and I'm thankful that if it was going to happen, it was this year and not last year. I just, last year with the two teams undefeated, it was a lot more tension. Yeah. Feels more like house money to me. Am I crazy to think that way?
2: Oh, no, absolutely. Uh, You know, I was having this conversation uh, earlier today, though, as I was kind of telling a buddy of mine that I was going to be on the show. Um, I don't like... Where we are this year with like Michigan State being down and Michigan being undefeated, I loved last year. Give me that top 10 matchup, top 15 matchup every single time these two teams play into perpetuity from now on. I, I, that's what I would rather have because I'm scared, quite frankly, that this is going to relegate back into, oh, every once in a while, Michigan State will play above their britches and knock down Michigan. Like, no, 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 I, I grew up that way. and Those days are not returning as far as I'm caring to see, yeah, like, no I don't want that. So like, yeah, state's having a crap year. They stink. Uh, they got a nice feel good victory, you know, in double overtime when Mel Tucker finally showed that maybe he isn't a great coach oh, with the, okay. the, the, the no, I, I won't. Cause that was awful. <laughs> we'll and, to, and we'll get to that. And and, 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 and listening to it on the radio broadcast was even worse. Cause I had no <laughs> idea what was going on, but My goodness gracious, that was scary. Uh, So it's going to be one of those things where it's like, all right, we'll get into it more and more depth. But like, can Michigan State rise to the occasion? Can Mel Tucker own Harbaugh one more time before? I mean, he's good. He's going to win a game at some point. Like Michigan State's not going to beat Michigan every single time from now on. But it's also like, who's more who's got more pressure on him to win this game? Well, at this point now. It's 100% hardball in Michigan. It's not even close. Not even close.
1: And I I am fully transparent. And I I was joking with myself about it about, like, yeah, this is a just beat Michigan season. That sucks. It's embarrassing. What the fuck else do we have? Like, you have to know your lot in life. And that's the thing. It's like Michigan fans, when they were looking at literal three win teams, five win teams, you know, with Rich Rod, Mm -hmm. they were still running their mouth. It's like, oh, yeah. Like, I'm not going during a bad season. I'm at least going to own like, yeah, we suck. It sure would be nice to beat the rival and maybe win six games. so You get that extra month of bowl practices, like just own it. I'm not going to pretend like I'm a ball wanting the, petty things.
2: The difference, you know, look, I've had my entire life. I grew up in this rivalry, right? My, my grandpa went to Michigan Agricultural College. I mean, he lived in, like, this little tiny attic shack. If you go down Harrison, you'll know exactly where it is. He, or on Abbott. He lived above, like, the, that law firm across from uh, the Irish pub or whatever. I know exactly yeah, what you're talking about. Yeah, he lived about. in yeah. that little tiny little window back in, like, the 40s. My parents met there. My sister went there. My uncle. I mean, I, like, I grew up at this. I, I, I know this rivalry, and I know these fan bases like the back of my hand. And I can tell you the main difference between the two is Michigan State fans are realistic. And Michigan fans are not. That's the end of the story. I mean, it's just, it's constantly this whole, we're the mighty Michigan Wolverines. And it's like, yeah, but when you stink, can you say you stink? No, because we're Michigan. And that's, that's what Michigan does. And it's like, guys, no, it's okay. To, it's okay. You're not going to win every game. You're not going to win a national championship every year or one since a split one in 1997. But hey, who's counting, right? Michigan State hasn't won one since 1966. And I can say that with pride because they haven't really been close.
1: It's funny that now, it's real. It's funny, like now, winning the Big Ten and getting absolutely demolished in the playoff is like a great thing to puff your chest about. Because I was reliably informed that we should be embarrassed that we humiliated the Big Ten. Mm -hmm. Even Dave Portnoy, right before the Georgia game, said that they were going to do right by the whole state of Michigan for the embarrassment Mm. we served up six years prior. Sure. And it's like now, all of a sudden, and by the way, I'll mention the year that we did go to the college football playoff, we won the Michigan game that year in famous fashion. Ah, yes. We didn't, we didn't have to like, I love this whole, you could have Paul Bunyan. We got the big 10 title. Yeah. Well, we had both when we did it. Right. You know, we, had, so it's like, and I was told having both wasn't all that impressive. So but Justin,
2: you're making the mistake. You're talking about the history. No, oh, right. You can't, you can't talk about anything, but like, you know, Right now, yeah. yeah. Well, well, now, well, yeah. Well, yeah but <laughs> yeah, yeah. but but up until a certain point, it was all about the history, right? You know what I mean? Again and again, it's it's like there are very smart Michigan fans out there, and like I've had a ton of great interactions with a lot of them, and like I love the, the that's the little fun thing about the rivalry week. That's why I hate that it's weeks. And that's why I, like I I I know I'm gonna get a ton of stuff for things we're gonna talk about in the show, but like. It's fun for the week that it is. And I love that the rivalry is like, it's so healthy right now. I mean, it's unhealthy, healthy. It's like, it's like yeah. eating a, too much of that Sunday. And you're like, oh, let me add a little hot fudge. And then, oh, just throw a little caramel on there. Oh, sprinkles. Sprinkles are for winners. All right, I get some of those. You don't get me. Uh, nuts. Yeah. And then you just keep building up and then you eat it and you're like, wow, this is so good. And then at the end, you're like, I'm so fat and I feel like terrible. Were well, you I'm at the game up? last year? Uh, I was not. Last year was the first year I got to sit in a bar and drink and watch a Michigan-Michigan State game without covering it in 15 years.
1: So I can't
2: speak for the bar experience.
1: I can speak for having been there. I don't think anybody had fun on either side (laughs) until the end. You enjoyed individual plays. Right, right, right. But the general mood of that stadium on both fan bases was not like happy. No one was like, oh, we're here at the game. It was like, you're watching the verdict and like your firstborn (laughs) son is on trial and there's a real question if he's going to be acquitted or not. It's so true. That's what it felt like. And that's why I agree with you that the rivalry in that sense is healthy where both fan bases care because I'm only a couple years younger than you, even though you look younger. The Michigan State mentality for years, and I can say it, it's like you can make, you know, I'm Greek, I can make fun of Greek people. You know, I'm Spartan, I can make fun of Spartans. Like the, our mentality really was, I kind know of little brotherish for a while. And I don't know how unfair that criticism was. It was, thank God that was uh, expressed by my car. It was the best thing they ever did for us. Right. But we did have elements of that for a while. And we, that is gone even in our down years. We don't really have this mentality of I don't give a shit about anything, just beat Michigan. Right. I'm, la- I'm jokingly kind of embracing that for one year. But that's where the rivalry is better where – Not just in any individual year, but the overall health of both programs, I would
2: argue, is good. 100%. The funding is there. Funding is there. The coaching is there. The fan support is there. I mean, there's been years, like way back pre-D'Antonio times, where there wasn't that fanfare. And, like, we're seeing it right now. is like, I watch a Michigan State game against a homecoming in Wisconsin. Of course, they, welcome to East Lansing. And it's like that whole upper right student section in the upper deck empty and you're like well you know fanfare is not there again as opposed to opening weekend places chock full white out like so it's like michigan state still but michigan does that too i mean i've been to the big house a bunch of times over my time covering that team where it's like yeah, student section didn't really come in today and it could be for a big game it just it is what it is right so you're not going to sit here and like i think we get like so massaged into this idea that if you don't have every single seat taken it's not just that doesn't look good. Doesn't look good for the fan base. Like they don't care about the team. It's like, what are you talking about? People have options. People, people yeah, tailgating. I mean, I remember tailgates where I would sell my ticket, literally walking into the stadium. So I'd be like, Hey, I'll give you 40 bucks and three beers. I'd be like, hey, all right, here oh, you yeah. go. Like, see ya. And the Wisconsin thing. I mean, I granted it's homecoming
1: and Wisconsin's a good brand, but at the end of the day, it was too mediocre to bad teams. Yeah. And you had one pocket of the upper bowl in the corner. That was not full. But other than that, that place was jacked full. Yeah, I mean, for two bad teams on like a, you know, kind of a cold day. And, it, you know, they showed up. Yeah. And I know it's homecoming, but plenty of schools around the country have half empty stadiums even not homecoming. So. Yeah.
2: I mean, look, I, I think that, that Tom has always says it. And I think he says it best. We'll get fat and sassy. Michigan State, guys are a little fat and sassy. You're kind of becoming who you don't want to be. And I mean that with all due respect. Michigan fans, you've been this way forever. That's why I say <laughs> that. Like, like y'all high on the hog. You're always like, oh, we're leaders in the bus and we're winning this program in school. You know, in NCAA. Like, that's great. Like, you can beat your chest to that until you know you, you you stop breathing. I don't care. My point is, Michigan State fans, be careful, because we we we've seen, we know what not to be, and all of a sudden we kind of got there. We kind of back back down to earth a little bit, right? You know, the D'Antonio final years really made me go hang on a second here. You know, not all that glitters is always gold, right? Like we thought we were never going to go back down. And it's like Michigan fans, even during those years, the rich rod and the Brady Hoke years, they thought we're never going to go back. Yeah. You did. You were selling Cokes and getting free tickets, guys. Y'all was- forget, conveniently forget that that happened. It did. It happened. You can't, you can't get away from that. Like, Same thing with Michigan State, so it's like, it's always this, especially when it comes to this rivalry week, everyone wants to be like, us, 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 we're the best, we're the best, we're the best. It's like, but are ya? And that's where it's like, we're gonna get into like the talk of like this upcoming game and who I think is gonna win and what the point spread should be and all this different stuff. And it's like, I'm gonna be real. I'm gonna be real about the whole thing with it. Because quite frankly, what else, why are you trying to convince yourself or people around you otherwise? Just call it what it is. I mean, that's the one thing about fans that I've just learned over the years is, like, it's like politics. Like, you're so stuck in your ways, and it's like, you won't see the other side. And it's like, why? The rent-free thing that both
1: sides do oh. is like, stop pretending that you don't care about your rival. We, we hate each other. It's okay. That is... Not to be biased. It's a little bit more of a Michigan thing. Oh, we don't, like, they pretend oh, to yeah, care yeah. less. But we do have our fans that are just, like, we pretend like, you know, we don't think about them. It's I say embrace it. Let's talk about, I keep wanting to say this weekend, but two weekends from now. <laughs> but the next game, 10-29, which feels like it's, like, 73 days from now. Yeah, I know, It just feels right? like it's going to come up fast. We've been told, essentially, that this is a fait accompli. This is... Michigan State, at best, taking a shot in the dark. Maybe they have a 1-in-50 chance. And This is kind of a foregone conclusion. Barely even worth showing up. That's what I'm hearing. The perception is this is hogs to the slaughter. We're wasting our time even playing. And I, I want to set this up with a demonstrable example. Ben cut up some stuff for us. We're going to play that. This is, I think, a representative example of what's out there, what I'm hearing. I did not have to cherry-pick for this to be what we're producing. So, Ben, let's let's play that to get some perspective. This team's ready. They got two weeks to
2: prepare for Michigan State. But well, we know this Michigan State team. They always bring it. This is their Super Bowl. It is. It is. And you wonder if they've been sitting out some of their injured guys. Because, I mean, what difference does it make at this point? Their season is wrecked. So, th- their their season is Michigan anyway. But, I mean, you come into a it thing and it's more than that right now. It's, it's only Michigan. So, I wouldn't be surprised they're holding guys like Slade out. Just to get ready for Michigan. Now, both coaches are stealing from their universities. Mel Tucker's stealing from his university, too. I'm not mad at them. Great agents, right? Great hustle if you can get it. No, I good. need that kind of work. Get, right. pay, get paid to get your ass whooped.
0: Seriously. I mean, I want Seriously. that job. I'm also wearing green today for another reason. Color of money? Mm. <laughs> wearing green today because Michigan's going to take their time on their bye week, come back, and show Michigan State what it's all about. Oh, boy. It's going to be ugly. If I'm a Spartan fan right now, I am taking cover. Maybe you should take two weeks off. Come back to Sunday after that oh. game. It's coming, and it won't stop. It's going to rain. Just- it's going to be a very hard rain in Ann Arbor that day, even if it's one of those 50-degree fall Saturdays with the sun shining down with a maze orb and a blue sky. It's going to be great. Oh, I can't wait for it. I might not sleep between now and then. I hope you do. Two weeks. Last yeah, year. Last year was the Mel Tucker parade. It was the Mel Tucker parade. Oh, let's sign him to a long-term deal and pay him all that money because he's fixed Michigan State football. Mm. I might have to get off of caffeine for the next two weeks just to make sure I can <laughs> sleep at night. Take him. NyQuil will help you get your oh, I can't wait.
1: And the funny thing is. We, oh, boy. We, we had the shorten that clip. I mean, there was more of that. And that is a representative example of what they're saying. I had a list of, I think it was eight or nine different links. And I'm like, I can't have Ben play a 12 minute video. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Pick and choose. But like that is a non cherry picked example of their mentality on that side. It's like, not only is the outcome foregone, the spread, the disparity on the school board is foregone. It's not, they're not even worried that they might have a second thought come the third quarter. They're, right. they're ready. They're ready for this thing to be over ten minutes into the game. So, so, where do you land on this? Like, what's your position on this?
2: Okay, so I think that they're like Rich Eisen. Like, I love Rich. I really do. I think he's fantastic. I love his show. Huge fan. Uh, I know he's watching right now live for sure. Um, but like, he's thinking that this is going to be fifty-two to three. Remember fifty-two to three? Yep. I remember fifty-two to three because that was the last time I ever was like, Jesus, I can't watch another, I can't watch this again. I can't watch Michigan just rub Michigan State. We have not seen a fifty-two to three quite like that, fifty-two to three since fifty-two to three, right? But it's like I remember in twenty it was either twenty sixteen. That was the three and nine year, right? Or was that twenty nineteen?
1: Uh sixteen was three and 9 because it was after yes. the playoff team.
2: So sixteen, I remember uh, on the sports cave saying Michigan was going to win by like four. I thought it was, I, I was on that side from like, from the Michigan state standpoint, like they are going to get absolutely hammered, absolutely wrecked. This isn't even going to be close. And it was, they lost, Yeah, of course, but like there wasn't, it wasn't this like, I look at this year and like, you know, it's funny that Rich is saying that because good, give them more material. Like Michigan, have you not learned to just, Shut up. Shut up and play the game. If they said less, they'd win more. I truly believe that Michigan would have won probably at least two or three more of the games over the last six, seven years. If they just would have shut up, I agree. don't talk, leave it alone. Just be like, yep, next game. Like t- tell your players when they go out, don't say anything. Don't there's already one guy that's going out there. Uh, I think the quote was uh, <clears throat> who's that, number nine, I forget his name, he ran, he ran on us, but I don't remember his name, dude, Kenneth Walker scored five tutties on your defense last <laughs> year, you remember his name damn well, and you're just sitting there going, uh, well, I don't really know what his name was, number nine, you yeah, had good ball player. He's in the league now, you're not, you're a fifth year senior in Michigan, bro, and you were a part of that defense that got hammered, by Kenneth Walker III. So don't sit here and be like pretend like you don't know
1: his name. Yeah, it's like Joe Milton, you know. Oh, we didn't really. Wasn't on my radar. with oh. the guy who intercepted him.
2: It, he said that after the loss. I mean, like it's after just, they lost. Just say less. Yeah. Just say less, and you'll win more. So it's like I look at it from this perspective. I truly believe when the spread comes out, it's going to be probably somewhere in the ballpark of eighteen and nineteen. You think it's that high? I think it's that high because I yeah, think there'll I be enough. Like 14, 15, I think it'll high. be enough money on Michigan to cover that that spread's going to continue to go up. So I think you're probably right. Opening line, two touchdowns. But I think because the money's going to get hammered, 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 that line's going to creep up towards 17, 18, 19, 19. I take Michigan State cover in that. So you think it's going to be close-ish?
1: Not, th- a not embarrassing outcome, worst case.
2: Correct. Now, so. You got to go back to the Penn State game. I think Penn State is the biggest fraud in college football. Like They constantly. Now, they're Michigan without all the talk. You don't hear a lot of Penn State talk, right? Like, they always think they're, they're, they're great and their recruiting classes are nice. And James Franklin seemingly, you know, says the right things, plays the right players. They just never win any big games. Like,
1: ugh. They, they're kind like, of like Harbaugh before yes. last year, where it's yes. like nine and 10 wins every yep. year, two and 17 in their biggest 19 yep. games. Exactly. <laughs> like, you yeah.
2: know, the night games against Ohio State, oh, and forever. Yeah, like, right. I mean, they'll never stop playing yes. them at night. Uh, but it's like Penn State was bad on Saturday. Like, I tweeted out, you know, I think my tweet was uh, Penn State looks like so uncompetitive and like oh, a whole bunch of Michigan fans getting up in my mentions. They're like, well, Michigan's playing great. And I'm like, that's a part of it. But Michigan or Penn state literally looks like they don't even want to be out there. Like there's a difference between getting your ass kicked and being competitive. And we've seen that with Michigan state over the years in this game. And there's, and then being getting your ass kicked and being uncompetitive, which was Penn state on Saturday against Michigan. You don't let a team run for 400 plus yards on you if you're being competitive.
1: No, and they have Like they come got, on. They have NFL players on their defense. Yes. They have a bunch of four and five star. Don't don't kids sit here don't and say
2: Michigan that. was just executing at such a high level that the, the 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 Chicago Bears couldn't stop them. It's like shut up. That's not how this works. The point is is Michigan State will give their best effort as they do every year. Mel Tucker and Mark Dantonio off of Mark Dantonio has made this ingrained in the DNA of these players that regardless, if you have one leg chopped off and one arm tied behind your back, you're going to give them hell for 60 minutes. Michigan is now still kind of like, eh, you're not our real rival. Like, and it's just like, it's just, it's asinine. It's like (laughs) match the intensity when the intensity is there. If Iowa and Michigan state started this rivalry, like, and we kind of had it there in the in the, the well, Big Ten Championship time. And, you know, like those games got really, really good. And Iowa started to kind of emerge as like a pseudo rival because the intensity matched the intensity. And even though Iowa and Michigan State have some lavish background of hatred and how Iowa kept Michigan State out of the Big Ten, like all this crap that people always like to drum up this time of year. It was a great rivalry during the time Wisconsin, when when Russell Wilson was there in the first Big Ten Championship game. And like the whole... That, that Wisconsin-Michigan State rivalry was great because the intensity matched the intensity. I am still waiting. And maybe last year was the first time the intensity kind of matched the intensity. Like, two teams that were undefeated. I agree. The intensity was so high on both sides. You're saying as a fan, no one enjoyed it in the stands. No one enjoyed it at the bar either. Because we were all you. just, like, pacing around. Like, every snap, there was a timeout. We were like, damn Geico commercial Nothing again. Nothing about that we, was fun. No, Nothing. it was miserable. Until the very end. It was miserable until the jubilation at the end of the game when the team that I wanted to win won. And total despair for the team that lost on yes. the other side. Yep. And it can happen. That I hope that, like I said... Michigan has to match the intensity of Michigan State. And, like, I believe that they will. This year is the first time that they will. And if they don't, I have said that this is going to be horrible. This would be the second
1: in my lifetime. And I really thought this through. In my lifetime, or at least since 2000, this would be the second funniest win in the moment in this rivalry. 2020, in hindsight, both teams were bad. Yeah, But you have to remember that day, Michigan was into the 20s as a favorite. They had just demolished a Minnesota team that at the Mm -hmm. time was ranked and we thought was pretty good. Joe Milton looked like Cam Newton and people were saying as much. And we got uh, embarrassed by Rutgers in the first game. Five fumbles or five turnovers or something like that? I think, wasn't it like six or seven? (laughs) It was not five. It was more than five. We had had, uh, members of the media kind of. Making up race hoaxes about uh, the fan base. I mean, it, it, things were in shambles uh, for both real reasons and conjured up reasons by fake people like Braylon Edwards. And Michigan looked like they were a legitimate national title contender. Joel Klatt went on Cowherd show and declared this is the best Harbaugh team he's seen yet. <laughs> and then they get punked. And, in and they their were own in stadium. Vegas. They, I think they're the second or third va- favorite odds <sighs> to win the whole thing. Going into that game, so it's easy to look back and say, "Oh, Michigan was bad that year." But I'm saying that day, like going to bed that night, that was the funniest thing I've ever seen. Like that, and it was there, empty stadium or not, it was I, there. I this should, would be second though.
2: I should probably get this picture and maybe we can like tweet it out, like after the fact or whatever. But like, like I Kanye Westing like taking a picture on stage it's a, and tweeting it, it. it. It's a picture of me at the big house at the game you're talking about. The game that they played in Ann Arbor, you were one of the six people there. I was one of the (laughs) six people there. And if I can, I don't know how quickly I can get to it. But my point is, is I'm like wearing like a winter hat and I'm wearing my like (laughs) Michigan like shooting badge. And I'm hanging out with a bunch of cardboard cutouts in the first row. I mean, I literally was walking around the big house like there was a splattering of Michigan State family and a splattering of Michigan family. And, and that, was, that was kind of it. And it was the most surreal thing because I'm just watching Rocky Lombardi just chuck <laughs> these bombs down the Ricky White unguarded on the sideline. And I'm like, and I, here I am, like, again, shooting the game on my camera. And I'm like, I'm shooting it. And I'm like, I, I like, you know, I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, wow, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. And then I would like put the camera down. I'd look around for someone to, to talk to and there's nobody there. And I'm like pissed because I'm like, dude, what is happening? Like, I mean, I was in the corner. Like at one point I look around and it was like the third touchdown that Ricky White scored. And I go, what is happening? And of course the cardboard cutouts aren't going to say anything back to me. But I just remember it being like the most surreal experience of Michigan State is kicking Michigan's ass in their stadium in front of like 30 people. And it's like, it was laughable. Like just the whole spectacle, right? You're, I'm in a 110, 20,000 person venue by myself. With cardboard cutouts, as Michigan State is walloping Michigan. I mean... That's the thing. It was wild.
1: They were up double digits late. Michigan scored (coughs) the, like, prevent defense touchdown. And the funniest thing was the fourth down going for it and just running it up the gut to ice the game. I mean, like, how disrespectful was
2: that? I mean, it just, it, and I remember like going and finding Ricky White's dad, like in the, uh, stands and like interviewing. Cause I'm like, Hey, who's Ricky White? Like, who's this guy? And I think I saw a tweet, uh, earlier today from, uh, from, from somebody who was basically like, who are the two players? Kenneth Walker and Ricky White just like came out of nowhere. One like, had a huge impact on the Michigan rivalry and like peace. Like, see ya, drop the mic. Like, who's going to be this year? There's certain guys that have that, like, you saw two guys wear the hat, Damian
1: Terry and uh, Tyler O'Connor in Columbus, where it's like they, you know, you have this one moment, and I would even throw Rocky Lombardi on that list for the very game we're talking about. Like, there's certain guys that just have one game, you know, someone like Jalen Watch-Jackson, one play, and you're just, you're a hero forever. I mean, Javon Ringer is one of the best players you've ever had. He's a beloved figure. Jalen Watts Jackson is, is not buying a beer ever to right. ringer may have to, you know, it's just, it is. It's interesting. And that just speaks to these rivalry games and the opportunity present to certify yourself as a legend. I mean, you talked about Twitter and some of this banter. I'm the one Michigan state fan. Maybe, maybe there's someone else out there. I haven't found him yet. Then actually like Scott Bell. I think he's kind of funny. Like if you, if you take Scott Bell, the Michigan, uh, probably biggest Michigan Twitter account, I would argue. If you take him literally and seriously and you take this thing like he's talking about your sister or something, Mm -hmm. you're not going to like Scott Bell. If you take it as like he's kind of like your jackass friend that's just fucking with you, he's actually pretty funny. But this is Scott Bell's take on this game, which is very much in line with some of the video clips we showed. Ben, let's get Scott Bell's perspective. Oh, yes. It's official. Michigan and Michigan State will play under the lights on October 29th. Even though there are more lax standards for what can be shown on TV during primetime it's still highly advisable to not let children under the age of 18 (laughs) stay up and watch. It's going to be a snuff film. So that's piggybacking the entire point about where their fan base is. There is no apprehension, no fear, uh, no concern whatsoever. And I I just, the last time they were this confident was that 2020 game. And it's almost somehow more. And I, I would think, As bad as this year has gone for Michigan State in so many ways, when you're 0 2 against Tucker and you saw what happened in 2020, now granted, they've established themselves as a better Michigan team. That's a a fair
2: distinction. Yeah, 100%. But how have you not learned every single time? Because, Justin, it is ingrained in the very being of Michigan athletes. To their own detriment, though. That's what I been saying. If you're a paid advisor,
1: if you're paid
2: to help them. If Michigan would hire me, to, to help them recreate this image of who they are and what they are, they would be so much better off. They're so unlikable because of this, that stuff.
1: It's not just Michigan State, by the way. They are a hated national. hundred percent. Even that clown, Braylon Edwards, was saying that this week, because I get sent more clips from that, him and Armani. People, I'm like the, 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 the like unpaid person that just <laughs> hit them over the head with a club. But what I, but, you know, I was sent today was oh you know, Braylon saying everyone hates them. Like, you know, like that was a bit, the person was saying I should clobber Braylon for saying this. And I was like,
2: so one thing Braylon's ever said, I agree with. It's like, everyone yeah. does hate you. Michigan is a national brand, and it's one of those things that everyone likes to point at. and laugh. It's like Notre Dame. When Notre Dame loses, everyone goes, ha! It's like that Bart Simpson guy. Who's the bully? Nelson, Nelson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, it's true. It's true. And it's the same thing when, like, Tennessee, who's like, oh, or when Texas, we're back. And then it's like, then you lose, like, another 100 games. But
1: here's the difference, though. The mis- they, say, they say that they're hated because they're so great. It's not like, you know, people have the signs at game day, you know, we want Bama, and people talk about them, and they love seeing them lose. I've never got the sense that people, like, hate Alabama it's just you want to take down the big dog right there's like contempt for
2: Michigan yes and and, and, you know Braylon said and it's because of this false perception of reality yeah the leaders and the best it's ingrained in their own fight song it is something that that they 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 believe deep down inside that that's why it's like I've tried to have constructive Conversations with Michigan alumni and Michigan fans and Michigan media people, and they just won't have it. They can't, they cannot say Michigan State is better than they are when they are. And they can't advise because it's like Michigan's always better. And it's if you can just zoom out a little bit, zoom out and understand that Michigan State is no longer taking your crap and they're going to bring it with the intensity of a thousand Spartans, rah, 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 whatever you got to match that intensity until they actually do that on the football field. It's going to con. And I'm not saying Michigan state's going to win, but I'm saying if you don't match that intensity, you're going to get clowned more often than not. And they usually
1: have more NFL players and more highly decorated recruits. It's just a fact. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm the Spartan saying this. They usually have
2: an edge in talent, just number of guys in the NFL. If Michigan doesn't, run for 250 yards on Saturday, next Saturday and throw for 300 plus yards and have over 550 yards of total offense. I will be flabbergasted. They, they mailed it in to some degree is what you're saying. I think I, I, I I can see what these guys are saying. Like that, like, like Bell's tweet, doesn't really hurt my feelings. It could absolutely be a fifty-two to three type of scenario. I don't think it will because I think Michigan State won't allow that to happen. But I can absolutely see a scenario where the floodgates, the floodgates open. I mean, Jalen yeah. Reed. What well, did you the first well, time? It might be the boy. I mean, <laughs> I mean, worst case scenario: Peyton, Peyton Thorn gets hurt by a by a first quarter sack, and then Reed re-injures his back. And he, I mean, forget it. Like yeah. you get run all over. I mean, you already got you know a beat up secondary and a beat up. Of, of, Front seven, like I mean, there a lot of things are gonna have to go right. But I look back at that, like even that game that Michigan won twenty one seven a couple of years ago in Spartan Stadium. I think it was uh, twenty nineteen. No, it was the one where uh, People's Jones did the the famous, you know, uh, Paul Bunyan, Paul Bunyan pose. pose. It was like a seven seven game. Yeah. You know, Michigan State came out scored yep. on their first drive, stopped Michigan, kept them out of the end zone. They get then then they kind of broke it with the the People's Jones thing, but like. That was a year that was like Michigan was heavily, heavily, heavily favored again. Yeah. And it was a 14-point game. and It was a one-possession game until late in that game. It's that—that That is the recipe that Michigan State wants to have happen. They want to they force J.J. McCarthy to actually throw the ball downfield. And that could be a double-edged sword. Because here's the one thing. We haven't seen them do it yet to any sort of consistency over a long period of time. Michigan has never played from behind. Like, they haven't. And if you, if you have, no they haven't played from behind once this year. Did they ever fall behind? They tied no. with Penn State. They've no. never been behind. I mean, they year.
1: haven't been trailing in the fourth quarter. They haven't quarter. been trailing
2: in the second half.
1: No, I don't think so.
2: Like, where's the adverse? Like Indiana, adversity is Indiana real.
1: Lead, like in the second quarter or something. Yeah. Like
2: adversity that, is that. adversity is a real thing. I don't think they ever really actually felt like, oh, no, Indiana. Like, no, oh, or, no, no. Like, and I think that but but Michigan State is not Indiana. They're not. I'm not saying Michigan State is like some world beater, but my point is, is that the mentality of like, these guys are playing their asses off. It's our rival. We can't lose. All of a sudden that pressure starts to mount a little bit more. It's like if Michigan State can find a way to get in the lead, get a couple of things happen. On the road, you're not going to get a lot of calls. It's going to be loud in the quiet house, you know, the whole thing. I see this game being a lot closer, at least in theory, every single year. Because I have been wrong. More often than not, when I when I've I've said multiple times on the record on that sports show, I had Michigan is going to win this game by a ton. And every time I said that, it was like a one possession game at some point in that game in the second half. Normally, the
1: first quarter of a game is it's not that it's unimportant. It's not uh, the end all be all. You know, last year, uh, the entire first half wasn't the end all be all. This is one of those years where the first quarter seems really important. Mm-hmm. It was the same thing in Columbus in 2015 when it's announced Connor Cook's out. Michigan yeah. State before that announcement was already like a 13-point dog. It shot up to 18 and a half. They had to get through that first quarter in Columbus. Tied field goal lead, down three, you know, not even down seven. I want you down three or less. This feels like one of those games where it if Michigan gets rolling early, this could get ugly. Absolutely. If you get into the second quarter it's like a 13 to 10 lead or you're, you know the you're up 10-7 and they're on your six and they're about to score but you're only down through whatever, you're down 3 or 4 points and you're just in it then I think you have a game and I think Michigan State will stay with them the whole way. I think the first quarter will really end up mattering. If Michigan State doesn't fall behind two scores in the first quarter or you know the first 20 minutes you want to go early second, I
2: think it's going to be close
1: the whole way. Mm-hmm. I agree it, with that. It just that. feels that way.
2: Okay. So you want the ball to start, or do you want to play defense first?
1: Oh, I, I, you they the get, ball. They, You got to take the ball because your weakness, your weak. I don't care how inept the offense is looked at in points. You have flat out more playmakers on offense. You 100%. have Reed, you have Coleman, you have. A you win the toss. Set the record. You have to do the you Ricky gotta, White bomb. Yeah, you have to try to go up seven nothing right away. Oh, absolutely. Nor- and normally, I'm a kick guy. Not in this game and not with this Michigan game. State don't have Pat
2: Narduzzi running the defense right Doesn't now.
1: Doesn't Harbaugh always defer, too? Or maybe I'm making it up. I feel like he's one of those. He's I, a
2: I, big defer guy. I feel
1: like we'll get the ball if we want
2: the ball. Like, either yeah. they'll
1: give it to us or we'll take yeah, yeah.
2: it. Um, I, you know, I can see Harbaugh maybe flipping the script if they win it and taking the ball and saying, you know what, we're going to run this. should. We're going to run this down your throat, and we're going to beat you up for about six minutes before, or we're going to break one off and break your soul right away. Then yeah. we're going to stuff you for a three and out. Conversely, Michigan State goes, give me the ball. We're gonna take it six minutes and a scripted Jay Johnson, you know, specialty. Get it down the field, feel quiet the crowd down a little bit, make your defense not feel as good. I mean, it you're right. The first the first seven minutes of this game, first possession for offense and defense on each side feels incredibly important. Way more than to set the tone for like how you're gonna be. Are you gonna again is your intensity gonna match your intensity from the start of the game in the fourth quarter? Michigan hasn't had to do that. Michigan state. I think the best thing that could have happened is that they buffooned Mel Tucker that fourth quarter field goal. Try. I'm not going to let him off the hook for that in getting to double overtime and winning that game because it gave them that they've been playing their asses off all season long, even in those stupid losses to like, you know, I mean, even against Minnesota and they looked absolutely inept. I can't say the guys didn't try like they were still playing very hard, but the result was like, yeah, cool, like, you're playing hard, but you suck. And, like, finally, they played hard and got a good, positive outcome. That can go a long way into believing, hey, what if we win this game? And then what if we win the next game? Then what if – I mean, you're not going to win a championship. That's out of the – but, like, once you start to believe in winning, it's the same thing. I mean, look at the the message boards for Michigan State after the Washington loss – It's like we never will never win another football game again. (laughs) Typical. And then then they lose the the next one in Minnesota. Oh, do we overpay Tucker? We overpaid him. And then Michigan fans like Sam Webb, who is a fan by all accounts. Oh, I'm going to get paid to get my butt kicked. Well, bro, you paid Brady Hoke to get his butt kicked. You paid Rich Rod to get his butt kicked. You, can, you paid Harbaugh to get his butt kicked for a long time, too. So, you know, it's easy to go both ways with that. I had an issue with that guy.
1: Uh, Cotton candy yards, Kenneth Walker.
2: But it's like, it's like, once you start to believe you belong.
1: That's why that early sort of phase 100%. matters. And, you know, I wouldn't, last year I wouldn't say that going in. I wouldn't, have, I would not have said that going in, and it ended up not mattering. We got down 16-1 and one anyway. Because the teams felt evenly matched. Correct. Like, you are outmatched now, and, and just on paper. And a lot of that is blue. But the thing I'll say, this is Michigan State, for all the struggles they've had schematically and, and every, to every extent, especially on defense this year, you still have one of the two or three best defensive players in the conference, Jacoby Woodman, who has already tied the record for most Big Ten Defensive Player of the Week awards. National
2: Player of the Week this year, too. Yeah, week two.
1: but I'm just talking even in conference, but on yeah. a national level, he's great. Yeah. But you have one of the best defensive players, I mean, objectively, he's going to set the record. If he, he has, what, six more games to win one more player of the week for the conference, and he's going to have the record of everybody. Uh, and Moyer, name, name the defensive, Akuda, all the great defensive players in the history of the Big Ten. Jacoby Whitman is already tied the record. That's insane. And has half a season to get one more to have the record. So you have one of the best defensive players, I would argue, in the country, objectively, in the conference in the last 10 years on this defense. You have two guys that played for Alabama and Georgia in your secondary. They're, they are talented. Uh, Speed had a couple great pass breakups against Wisconsin, mm-hmm. one breaking up a touchdown, which it was a huge swing in that game, beautifully covered. These guys have looked disjointed all year, but they're not scrubs. These are
2: you know, right. four this high four-star guys. This isn't 2018, 2019 right. final D'Antonio years where it's like, You've got who's that? Who's that free safety number ten? Uh, he was some kid out of like a Lansing school. Tom Morrissey or something. I know who you're talking. Yeah, but about. it was like, yeah, that's your safety. Yeah, it's like not, like, it's like, like, like like that's a that's a two star one star kid yeah. that's like a walk on who's all of a sudden your free safety. They have real athletes. Like exactly. Yeah. Now you brought up that interesting point about speed because I remember watching a couple of those pass breakups and then of course they had that gaff and like the first overtime to let him open and the, the, yes, like is Tucker on to something with like the, the, the whole inches. Like, can we, can we like, obviously in like the Minnesota loss when it was like, no, that was miles. You were miles away from being good. And then the next game is like, no, you were still good. Like, you know, country mile from being anything. Yes. But then it's like, you see the Wisconsin game and like, yeah, Graham Mertz, but like we made Tara Morgan look like he was a, like a Heisman contender. Right. So you finally got Graham Mertz to like, Oh, okay, well, 134 yards passing against Michigan State with top five, bottom five pass defense in the country. I mean, I could go out there and feel like I could break a couple of records. It's like, hmm, are they on to something? Is this the perfect time to get the bye week? You got a huge win to make you feel like you're alive again, even though you're not for a championship. You're just alive in the world. You're not losing anymore. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like I want to sit here and say Michigan's a two-touchdown favorite, and I believe that they are, and I believe that Michigan will win this game. But, gosh, it's not out of the realm of possibility for Michigan State to win this football game. It's just not.
1: I like going up in these situations where you're overmatched. I do as as much respect as I have for McCarthy's talent, and I was saying for a year he should have been the starter last year. Mm I just I like going up against a hero ball quarterback when you're an underdog. Because like, I, I need you to give me a fuck-up or two uh, to, to feel better about myself. J.J. has
2: not been pressed into this type of experience before.
1: No, it's, it's been easy breezy, and this is, this is the person. I, I don't even blame him. The coaches put him in a bad spot, but this is the individual that cost them the game last year. If McCarthy never touches the field, they beat us. I think that's a fact. Uh, yeah. I mean, that we needed every ounce of that luck from they, – they got lucky on his first fumble. We needed that – Second fumble. We were losing that game mm-hmm. without that second fumble. And that wasn't some blown up play where we earned the fumble. The guy dropped the ball. Yeah, literally. Yeah. I mean, the it ball. was here you go. So yeah. I mean it's one thing if we force a fumble. That was just a gift. So I mean, he is the reason they lost. He cost them, you know, like Bud Kilmer, you cost me my perfect season. <laughs> How's it feel? You know, I just I, I pictured them going up to JJ. You cost me that perfect season. How's it feel? Billy Bob, cry baby. But it's <laughs> I just maybe he's got ice in the veins, but I gotta think you cost the team their perfect season last year. You cost them a lot of heartache. That was his fault. I mean, I still blame the coaching staff. You, you put a freshman out right. there and in the rain who doesn't know, right. you know. But like your fumble, which was your error, was the literal reason you lost. I just I does that weigh in. I don't know. I do sense that you and I are both trying to talk ourselves into this, and that's fair
2: if anyone's thinking that. But that's fair. Same, but at the same time. We're realistic about it, though. What I don't do think we know we're underdogs. You, and we both believe, I truly believe, Michigan State is going to lose the football game. Yeah. If I, I'm if not putting kids, it out of the realm of kids, possibility yeah. that yeah. they can win the football game. If that's the convincing, I'm convincing myself that there's a shot in hell that Michigan State can win this football game because I've seen worse teams with longer odds, play closer games. Yes, repeatedly. So let's, let's pivot
1: to Michigan State just at large in general. Get a little bit off ten twenty nine. You <laughs> – I was at the Wisconsin game, so I saw this after the fact. But you had one of the more interesting kind of like pivots right on top of each other. You had a tweet about like <laughs> Jay Johnson and Mel Tucker – and then you had a tweet, like, minutes later about Mel Tucker. I just, bad can you play the two-part play? Oh, no. This is during the Wisconsin game. Justin Rose, what was the timestamp? 441. Uh, this is you responding. Yeah, Yes, I know how it works, which is why I said Jay Johnson is bad at his job. Tucker will have to let him go, too, or it'll be his head down the line. Tucker is safe for a bit. So this is you saying, like, oh, this OC, he's got problems. He better figure it out or else. But, you know, T- Tucker's great. Let's go to – Part two. It's oh, going to act man. Two. Oh, okay. It's a couple of hours later. <laughs> that is so, so, so bad. That's the first red flag on Mel Tucker that I've been significantly concerned about okay. a while. So, just in the span of like 172 okay, minutes, but, we went from but. he's beyond reproach to now he's on the block, too. Now, I have the caveat in my profile. I'm not responsible for anything said during games because if I were held responsible, true, I'd true, be embarrassed. True, true, true.
2: But where are you at with okay. this? Because you were all okay. over the map. Okay. I believe that if you zoom out and you, like try to look at the forest for, like from above, Mel Tucker is obviously recruiting at a level that Michigan State has not seen before. Quite honestly, I mean, just the classes that he brought in last year, classes assembling now. He's on a plane as we speak, trying to flip more guys, trying to com- make sure that you know the guys that he's got committed are staying. He's going to put another top twenty-five class in the books this year, regardless of what happens the rest of the way. Mark it down, book it. He's going to do that in twenty twenty-four uh, and, and beyond. Like, this is what's happening here. Mel Tucker is doing great things from the recruiting standpoint. From a coaching standpoint, if that wasn't John L. Smith slapping himself, the coaches, the kids are playing their tails off and the coaches are screwing it up all over. Did you ask, did, am I the only one well, that I, had, like, I had nervous sweats that, that, wait a second, I'm Again, I'm driving down to Detroit to an engagement party, right? So I'm listening to it on the radio, which that's another day. But I'm <laughs> trying to figure out what's going on. And it's like, uh, you know, there was like a two-yard run. Michigan State calls a timeout with 47 seconds to go. And I'm like, why? Why are you calling a timeout? You have the ball. You need to save your timeouts to, you know, yeah, you're trying to get another first down. I get it, but like. What are we doing here? What are we, what are we doing Wasn't here? it like 27 seconds left?
1: Because they called the final timeout. And I remember saying... The, like, that, that's that's the next yeah. part of the story. It's like, oh, okay. So they called so the first one,
2: timeout. And I'm like, okay, all right. Yeah. So they must be getting like... And I remember Strayhorn even said like, they're probably getting like two or three plays that they're going to run. They're going to try to pick up the first down. And then they're going to bring in the field goal unit or whatever. So I'm like, oh, okay. Like I'm driving nervously down Woodward. And so then they run like the play. And then they call the... like. The, the timeout with like 12 seconds or 20 seconds or whatever it was left. And it's fourth and one from like the 36 or whatever. And I'm going, why did you call the timeout there if you're going to kick the field goal anyways? Or why did you run that play? Like there's a million things going in my mind about, first of all, you shouldn't be rushing your field goal unit on for a game-winning field goal ever. I don't care if this is peewee football with your three-year-old children running around. You do not rush a unit onto the field. It never works out. Ever. You ever heard of the kick six?
1: Yeah. That was the that second, was a- be-
2: second best ending ever. Pretty pretty in stupid. My but yeah. like, how many times has Michigan State fan lived this? Rushing a field goal. Oh, it doesn't work out. That Buckeye game, when John L. Smith's final year, the fateful play that doomed him, was staring Mel Tucker in the face in his third year. And I'm not saying you can't learn from it and you can't grow from it, but holy shit, dude, you cannot have coaching gaffes like that and expect to not have people like me or other people go, whoa, all these people saying this dude can't coach might be right. The reason we're going to talk about Dan Campbell, if we don't run out of time, (laughs) is Dan Campbell is showing his ass more than he's showing his biceps and I love that he's like trying to go for it on fourth down. And I love Mel Tucker's just just not arrogant, but like very confident approach to the things that he does. You can't, you cannot do what he did and be like everyone's just gonna like let it go. I, I would not have
1: gone the way Tucker did handling the whole lead up to that. I would have played out the whole thing differently, and you ate some of that out. The one that was completely indefensible was the final play before rushing the unit. Once you've made the bed that you're in, I'm pretty sure they ran. You, the final play with like 19, 18, 19 seconds left, 17 seconds. Once you've, you're in that spot, you have to tell your quarterback, roll out. If you can walk for a first down, because if you get a first down, you're fine because clock stops, you can spike it and then right. kick. But you, or just throw it away. You can't have a, a, anything that's going to get blown up and they do that quick little one yard run shy like, of the sticks or a one yard pass.
2: And it's, it's, just, it's but you have to go back before that. It's no, I agree. It's excusable that you used your timeouts for no reason. I agree. But I'm saying
1: once you are in that bed, you've already made that mistake. I, I told my father-in-law who was sitting with, with me at the game, okay, like I don't know what they're doing, but you cannot not good. I, I said you <laughs> cannot get tackled in bounds short of the sticks. Like I said, they gotta roll out with Thorn here. If he can walk for a first down or if someone's wide open at the marker, fine. If not, just throw it away. And, you know, the, you said it was like the 36th something. I mean, the, the final field goal attempt was what, 42 yards? or It wasn't like some bomb. Uh, I, I just, that was so mismanaged.
2: But it, that's, that's the key word. Yeah. There's a lot of ways you can cut it up and slice it. Mismanaged, play, choice, timeout choice. Like, those are the things that, like, we want to believe as Michigan State fans that Mel Tucker is going to get us to that next level, get us to Big Ten Championship, get us to the college football playoff, Hell, he's the one talking about titles. I'll let him say that. He wants to do that. You can't have that. That's, I agree. That is, that, is, that is Mickey Mouse bullshit. I'm still a Tuck guy. I, I got him. Oh, mess. so am I. <laughs> I mean, no, I, I, look, I think Tucker's the right guy for the program. Don't, again, he's yeah. doing all these things from the exterior, but it's like, we know that this 7-2-1 defense, whatever he's playing, is garbage. <laughs> Like, the four three, one game of the Seven four, two, one game yeah, in the 4th. 7-2-1? Yeah, it doesn't down, even make sense. It feels, yeah, feels like they got yeah, 10 out. Yeah, it help doesn't even like. matter. Like, I mean, you, you could do a 1-3-15 and it wouldn't matter. Like I mean, It might it just be like, 10 guys up. Maybe like, that's
1: been the problem the whole time. They're they just with 10. need to
2: put mascots out there and just have a bunch of masks, like in uh, NCAA football, you just play a Sparty and <laughs> yeah, like, run yeah, right. around. Uh, but no, I mean, like, he's got Hazleton. Hazleton's probably, uh, he's probably got to go. Like, I mean, unless they're going to completely adjust to this 4-3 scheme. Like, it doesn't work. Rich Rod tried to bring that to Michigan. We all know that that didn't work out well, that 3 or whatever. You know, I mean, he was running that 3-3-5 out of West Virginia that he brought to the Big Ten. Like, Mel's going to have to run this. Like, all the places that he's seen have success. Alabama, Georgia, the NFL teams that he has been a part of, this is a business. Mel Tucker knows that more than Mark Dantano could ever realize that. And he knows that. So I think that that's why Mel's the right guy because he still recruits at a high level. He still understands what it takes to win at a high level. He's worked at places that have that, which Mark D'Antonio, I mean, yeah, he had a couple of years at Ohio State, but that was like the trestle time. That's a, we're different. That doesn't it feel like a different.
1: It's like a hundred years ago. It feels like long it long.
2: was a complete, like, completely different era of what, where we are in college athletics. All of these things are so different. And Mel Tucker, he's the right guy for this program. But again, as the head coach, it does come back to you at the end. I don't know who called those timeouts Was it him? Was it his o c was it Peyton thorn? maybe have but like first one, okay, give you a pass. you save the last one until you need it but the game management's
1: always on the head coach at the, at the end of end of the at, game I mean you could always say oh book stops with the head coach it does, but that is literally the
2: head coach always dictating that that those that, last that was the scariest that was the, that was the reason why that tweet and i I've, I've, i'm you know now that I'm kind of away from like the the media spotlight and I I don't have to watch my words as carefully as I do. I have to get back to my old rule of don't tweet out. Like blasting, like this guy's the worst ever, like during a game, because you know what? The game's still going on. So you could say Peyton Thorne's the worst quarterback I've ever seen. And then he throws for 300 yards the rest of the way. And you're like, "Mm, well, that was pretty stupid to say, like don't have a reactionary tweet like I did in that moment. But that Mel Tucker thing, I mean, that that that. It was, was bad. It if was they bad. would have lost that game, he would not have been able to. I mean, and nobody asked him about it. Nobody. Wait, After I, think the game.
1: He, I think he was asked about the, the sequence at the end. Was, he, he, gave
2: some, he gave some like, you know, oh, well, we he won wasn't, the game. He wasn't yeah, grilled. We, we won the it. game.
1: If they had lost, they would have been grilled. you'd
2: have lost the game. Yeah. They got away with one. But that's yeah. my point. John L. Smith didn't get to get away with it because he lost the football game. Mel Tucker's getting this one and one and only pass for me, at least for this poor mismanagement. If this happens again, it's like they have to start really understanding, like then hire a game manager. If you're not it, fine. Be the CEO. I don't care if Mel Tucker wants to be the head recruiter and the head coach de facto and hire coordinators and like a game manager to like say, okay guys, this is what we're going to do. I'll be in charge of the timeouts. Fine. Do whatever you want, but don't make that mistake again because you're going to get beat when it matters in a way that like, again, people are even talking about Dylan Larkin, you know, and I didn't even think about this perspective. Dylan Larkin dives and saves that empty netter goal last night. Right? So they get one point. What if the wings make the playoffs by one point? And in the third game of the season, Dylan Larkin diving for an empty net stop. It's the same thing. What if, what if Mel Tucker's like, will, you know, if they lose that game and Mel Tucker gets fired because he has a, like under 500 record after four years, because that game, that was the one. Like, you hope it doesn't happen. But my point is, is this, the ripple effect of that type of coaching gaffe reverberates for well, a really long. The margin of error is too tight. It's exactly. too tight in sports You at the cannot level. do that. You cannot yeah. put yourself in a position where these kids are doing everything you're asking them to do, and the coaches are screwing it up. And that quote will always be ingrained in my mind. And it's like, I say that to myself. Like, when people put me in a, a situation to succeed and I screw up, I always go back to that. The kids are playing their tails off and the coach is screwing it up. Like, I mean, it's just, I've used that in my life. So it's maybe, maybe I'm just so triggered by that Ohio state.
1: Like I think everybody was, that was the, the, I mean, Twitter, I was on after the fact, but I, I like going back and people I respect were like doing the John L. I mean, you know face slap gif and or gif or whatever they're yeah, called.
2: is it i go i go gif i always fuck that up yeah i go gif
1: do you want to talk about something else i want to get in a little bit of the lines sure, here sure I, I, we I, could do
2: michigan michigan state for forever well we we know
1: you you have it down as a you know a loss but a closer than people think loss
2: yeah i would i would say that i would go on the record saying michigan state should lose the football game i think i take michigan state points if it's 14 to 18 i think i take them with the points, but I think it's a 10 to 10 to 14. I mean, points. this game's what 11 days
1: away between now and kickoff. I will predict everything. I will be, <laughs> there will be a day where I'm having us win outright. There's a, there'll be a day where I think yeah. we lose by a hundred. <laughs> I have enough of these ebbs and flows when it's one week, two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's exactly. so many on the record predictions that I will, I will be wrong and right.
2: <laughs> it's so and many- I will be <laughs> at a Halloween party on that Saturday night and what uh, yes you're not even gonna watch i think i'm gonna dvr it oh that is a fail by you man well it's not really a choice Uh, oh okay you know Uh, how these things work yeah yeah
1: yeah. and those choices become even more stringent when (laughs) when you uh when your offspring arrive yeah uh, you know whatever you cross that bridge so let's (coughs) let's pivot to a happier topic the detroit lions Oh, oh yeah perfect now here's the detroit lions i am a lions fan i get accused of uh you know, you're not a real fan, or you don't even like them. It's like, it's because I want them to do well, that I'm kind of a jerk about them. I have been tortured for every year of my life. I'm 35 years old. I've cared since I was about five or six. I I have vivid memories to go into my first game as a six year old. And they lost and I was sad. I mean, I remember it. Mm -hmm. So it has been a 30 year torture. I had no redemption, really. I mean, it's, You get the little flicker. The one team I thought that that I was old enough to remember well that was really good was that 2014 team. Even they didn't win a playoff game or a division. I'm just, I want to talk about Dan Campbell specifically. Mm -hmm. I came out against this aggressively, vocally, to the point where people were calling me every name in the book for being too negative. I I just, I said it before he was hired when he was mentioned. I said it immediately after. This is not going to work. They have blown this. I will not really, frankly, bet on any Lions coach working out because how could I? I'd be going bankrupt if I ever made that Mm -hmm. wager at any point. But it's the worst possible bet on the board. If you looked at in Vegas, they had the five most likely. Dan Campbell was a late add to that list when he cold called Sheila Ford. But it was, you know, Sala was the odds-on favorite. Mm -hmm. Marvin Lewis was in there. After the fact, I came out and said, for all we shit on Marvin Lewis, look at Marvin Lewis's record. He was working for one of the worst owners in the league and he won the division, a really hard division with the Ravens and the Steelers in it, who were winning titles during this period. He won that division like, what, five times or four times? Right. And was a wild card a couple other times? Like, no, I'm not saying he's the best coach ever. He was going 10 and 6, 9 and 7 in uh, some of those years, the hardest division. I would have liked that over this. I think I have been, it's the book's not done. Right. But we're in chapter seven of a 10-chapter book in what I think in the tenure here, in terms of the timeline. I think we're past the halfway point of his day's employed. Might be wrong. That's what I think. I feel near full vindication. I think this has been the precise failure that I said it would be, that I told everyone it would be, that I was called names for pointing out. I have seen more than even I thought I would see in terms of, Lack of preparation, lack of comfort, lack of feel, lack of experience shining through. And you see it in these game management moments. He has no feel. As far as I'm concerned, he flat out cost them one game already. He flat out blew. He took them from a 30% win probability against Philadelphia to a zero with that ridiculous onside kick with the ridiculous timeout at the end of the first half, giving Philadelphia an extra score. I just – he has blown whatever shot this team had of being at least interesting in the second half. I'm done. This thing is not working. It's not going to work. This is not an internship. I just get out. And all these people saying, oh, he signed six years. Who gives a shit? Fire – Yeah, I mean – Who
2: cares? Contracts are – Especially
1: for a coach. Right. It's not like A-Rod when he was making $38 (sighs) million. Like, just – where do you stand on this? I I just – this, this is a failure, right? He's not going to turn this
2: around. lot to unpack there. Are you a Dan Campbell guy? <laughs> what more uh, do you need to see? So, here's the thing about professional football head coaches. Well, they're all worthless. <laughs> they're, they're all worthless. <laughs> do you think that Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick himself won those titles? I think that... Oh, no one themselves wins. That's my point. Yeah. The only thing that matters in the NFL is talent. Period. Oh, man, and I, I'm going to say full stop because I, I know how much you
1: hate that. I disagree with you so much.
2: I think that talent is, if you look, these, these guys don't give a shit about the rah-rah siskum They don't care. You don't think that, that, that these guys know where they're supposed to be? In the, in the scheme, they know what they're supposed to do. They're professional athletes. This isn't, you know, Jimmy from DeWitt coming over as a three-star walk-on and you got to coach him up in case he gets his name called. There's a 53-man roster. And of that 53, you got to have 11 starters on offense and 11 starters on defense. And then that's of the rest of it, you got to figure it out. And if you don't have depth at those positions, If you don't have guys that are functional in an NFL professional environment, you will lose more football games than you will win. The number one thing, fans always with the Lions, fans always, well, the Ford family, they won't win until they sell the team. Well, their coaches, their coaches always stink. They have no talent. Now, to your point, I completely agree that Dan Campbell lost them the Vikings game. 100%. 100%. 100%. I completely agree that Dan Campbell lost them the Eagles game. 100%. You're not going to, I'm not going to say he has no, nothing. Like, it, they're a part of the team. That's why it's called a team. The team has to do it all. Like, you have to have players that can execute. You have to have coaches that can execute. You have to have front office people that can put the players out there that need to be successful. It's, it's, it's multifaceted. Yeah. It's like the government, for, love, for the love of God. You got to have people that are doing it. My point is, is that I'm not going to sit here and like bag on Dan Campbell because they don't have talent. So even if Dan Campbell, so okay, wait, hang on. hypothetically, 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 I know, Read a paper breathe, bag. Breathe. Hypo- <laughs> hypothetically, hypothetically, they win those games. They still lose to the Patriots, right? Okay, so they're what three and two?
1: Okay, hold on. Why do they have to lose to the Patriots? Why do they have to? Well, well I, so I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm ju-
2: we're doing a hypothetical here. Okay, they're undefeated. There. Is that better? They're undefeated. Is Dan Campbell getting coach of the year nods? If they're undefeated? Yeah. He'd be running away with it. So in five games, five games, and one of them is a win, you're going to say this guy is inept, he's stupid, he's never going to win, he's a loser, get rid of him, I've seen all I need to see. But if he's undefeated, then he is front runner for coach of the year. Well, no, I mean. five games, in a five-game sample
1: size. Are we pretending last year didn't happen? He was a clown show last year. Do you remember what they did in the Ravens game calling timeout for Lamar Jackson? They lost that game because of him. Yeah, I'm not saying that Dan Campbell doesn't have deficiencies. So in 20-some games, he has blown himself three to four games, (laughs) and this is, like, okay to you? That's not normal. I'm not saying it's okay. I'm simply saying they don't have the talent. That, that can actually need, compete. You don't need talent to not go for it on fourth and nine. That has nothing to do with your talent. That is I your like decision. I like the aggressive approach. On fourth and nine. Yes, in, You're insane. I because and you know what? You're Fuck f- it. We, we we gave we gave each other a back rub <laughs> on the Michigan State topic. I had no idea this was your position on the Lions. I, I don't think Dan Campbell is like the the scapegoat. No, we all know it's it's bigger than him, but. But, he but is like, another in a long line an,
2: of the problem. I, 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 can, I can agree with you in that. But I also think that this franchise needs a guy like Dan Campbell. I know that sounds so hokey and so stupid, and I know fans don't want to hear this. No, My they, pers- do. they love him. My personal opinion is that the Lions need a jovial spirit on the sideline because they're going to lose regardless. Until they get some frickin' talent, they are never going to win anything oh, that matters. They, they, listen, listen, listen. Let's hope that the Rams just continue to suck. Because if the Lions can somehow get two top 15 picks, get some defensive help, maybe hit a second-round pick, for the love of God, hit a second-round pick. Because, again, that's, you cannot sit here and say the Lions are where they are without understanding that they've hit on... Negative one second-round pick in the last 25,000 years. You're making an NBA argument for the
1: NFL. This whole coaching doesn't matter. Thing the coaching right? doesn't matter. <laughs> this is one of the craziest things anyone's ever said. It. Can, <laughs> we've had a lot of games. I mean, the, the NBA, you can look at Tyron Lue, who like is, can barely tie his shoelaces, winning titles, Mike Brown in the finals. Like you know, professional
2: Coaching can matter, but the NBA it is... It can matter in it but, can matter in everything. You think Derek Lalonde for the Red Wings is all of a sudden going to fix every issue the Red Wings on, have had because Jeff Lashell
1: sucked. The 2014 Detroit Lions.
2: That was well.
1: Yeah. That was one of the most talented teams in the NFL of the past decade, and you know, you, you want to laugh. They had I don't know the number may have since changed, but as of that year, they had the second highest rated defense through PFF's overall defensive rating they did. in the prior ten, it, PFF had that as one of the best Two or three defenses of the past decade, mm-hmm. they were, they had Sue, Fairly. they had DeAndre Levy when he was still good. Their offense, Calvin Johnson, Golden Tate when he was at the peak, catching 95 yep. balls a year, Reggie Bush when he was still good, yep. the last thousand yard rusher before, you know, we, that was eclipsed again. Like, no offensive st- line. What? You had no offensive line that year. Uh, they didn't have a bad offensive line. It was the weakest of the three, but you had a franchise quarterback, you had two star receivers, you had a good running back, and you had one of the best defenses of the past decade. Why did they lose? Because Jim Caldwell fucked up the end of the game. Fact. So this whole coaching doesn't matter. It's a talent thing. You had more talent than Dallas. You had a two-touchdown lead. You had the ball in the lead with a chance to stick a knife in, and you made a statistical objective mistake in a decision to punt the ball, and that is why you lost. That is the only reason so, you lost. So that's talent so thing. Well, I want
2: to hear it. So you're, So you're trying to say that, that the coaching decision for him not to to go for it on fourth down. Yes. But then you're killing this guy because he went for it on fourth. Do you down. understand
1: the difference between I do understand fourth and the difference one and, between fourth fourth and fourth and 9
2: and fourth and one? Do you My understand point the difference
1: is between this ends the game if you get this fourth and short so, or you're in the first quarter and it's fourth and 9 or second whatever it was. It's a completely different scenario. I, fourth
2: and one or I understand. no no no. Two. I I understand the difference between fourth and 9 and fourth and one, but I'm saying you, I, you got to be like a riverboat gambler. And that's why like less miles always got that like nickname, right? Cause he would, yeah, spice it up. He'd throw a couple of die when he shouldn't, you know, Dan Campbell right now is doing exactly that. Now look going forward on fourth down six times. <laughs> like, yes, that's laughable. That's funny. That's actually yeah, like a NFL joke
1: record for most failed fail. Like, version.
2: like, yes. And I even said during the Minnesota game, there was one that he went for that he didn't get late in the game. Or in the middle of the game. I forget which one it was. Because they've gone for it so many freaking times on fourth down. You got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them, right? Like, And I think to your point, yeah, I want Dan Campbell to be aggressive and go for it on fourth down more often than not. But when it makes sense. Yeah, I'm with you. So I'm with you. Again, I don't – okay, maybe I was a little bit more like, you know, coaching doesn't matter at all. Yes, it matters certainly. But, like, then you hear Matt Patricia say, like, well, didn't you know that play that I called that won us the Super Bowl? ha 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 Like – like, like again, like, we all laugh at that guy for thinking, like, his coaching mattered when it didn't. It was a talent thing. It was, like, it was literally a, the guy made a bad pass and the guy made a good play. Like, that's what happened. No coach put him – no coach moved his body and put it there to make the interception. The coach made the call to throw it instead of pass it. Bad call on the bad coaching, but the execution still is the second half of it. It's the same thing with the players, man, and that's why I say coaching doesn't matter as much as we think it does in the NFL. We all think, oh, the coaches make – if you execute and they go six for six on fourth down, we think he's a genius. We think he's the best coach of all time because he knows when to go for it. And he knows what plays to call. That's my point. We were talking about that five game sample size from this year. You're if they're undefeated, you're thinking he's leading for coach of the year, but they're not. They're one and four. So he should get fired. That's where it's like this, and I'm not discrediting last season. You're right. It's all part of the long journey of like Dan Campbell's tenure here, whether it's three years, whether it's 10 years, whether it's another two games. The point I'm trying to make is that everybody just needs to chill out on the coaches until they actually have a roster. The best example you brought up was that 2014 team. Covered that team. That team was good. It was a damn good football team. That was a Super Bowl roster. That was a there very had, good football team. won the
1: Super Bowl that have lost. <clears> That's the, the, the fact. Just and people, wa-
2: people wanted to say, well, Jim Caldwell couldn't get him over the hump, right? That was like the, they thought they were going to build off that year and like go crazy. We've seen success in the NFL is so fleeting. It's so fleeting. Every team is built to go eight and eight. The parity is just too damn good in the NFL. You got three or four teams that are really crappy and you got three or four teams that are really good. You could count them in, those three or four teams, for 11 plus wins. You can count in these guys for 11 plus losses. Handful of teams every year, right? Usually it's the Lions, Jacksonville on the bottom end, and then you got like the Chiefs and, you know, the Patriots at the top end of that. But everybody else is a couple of calls, a couple of uh, uh, bad bounces, a, a fumble, an interception, a missed field goal off the upright away from 10 and six. Hey, we're good. Six and 10, oh, we suck. Think about that. Think about that razor-thin margin of success. Two games. It's two games that go your way or the other way.
1: Yeah, but this has been 65 years of the Lions (coughs) never levitating into that top four. Look at, look at all the teams that have been this, or at least on the doorstep of a Super Bowl, have not been in one. Everyone rips on the Jets. They were on the doorstep of the Super Bowl two years in a row. Everyone rips on the Jaguars. They've been to the two conference championship yeah. games. Everyone makes fun of the Cardinals. They've been to the Super Bowl. Everyone was making fun of the Raiders. They, well, back in the day were winning a ton, but they've been in the Super Bowl this sure. century. So I, I get like, the, oh, it's hard and it, it's a lot of parity. Yeah, everybody but us, even the Houston Texans, everyone makes fun of Bill O'Brien. They won that division three times or at least twice, multiple times. I've never seen a division win in my lifetime, and I was still shitting my pants when it happened. I was alive, but not really coherent. So I, I get, oh, it's a parody league. Yeah, it's up and down. This team's never up. They haven't no. had one division win since I could spell my name. They haven't
2: won a playoff game. But, what, like, but, but, why, but why get mad about it then? <laughs> like, I just, well, I'm just saying you're, like, you're it writing
1: like, it off as, oh, that's the NFL. It, it is, because the thing is,
2: history doesn't. History does not matter to these guys. I know it's coach speak, and I know it's like, it's like I've interviewed enough athletes over a 15-year career to know that they don't give a shit what happened yesterday, last year, last week. They do not care. These guys have no allegiance to the Detroit Lions beyond Aiden Hutchinson watching them grow up. <laughs> yeah. Like, seriously, seriously. I'm not saying they do. Like, Jared Goff doesn't give a shit that the Lions have never been good. He's probably bummed Because he knows what a bum franchise it is and he's playing for a bum franchise because everybody's been telling him for as long as he can imagine how bum they are. That's what he knows about the Detroit Lions. But like as far as on the field stuff, these guys don't care about the history. Fans hang on to it because that's what fans do. So that's why I say like, what do you want to do? Fire Dan Campbell and go into another head coaching search and get another general manager. And then you have to trade, trade these players and draft new players. It's like you are completing the cycle over and over and over again. Why have you not been able to get to the next level? Because you have no consistency. At least be consistent in one thing and be bad until you get good. Because if you're thinking, like I'm thinking, that the parity is this, the way that it is, And it's like, okay, you could do Dan Campbell for four years, fire him, and then start over again. And then you could do Dan Campbell again. And you could do it's like, no, stick to it. Figure it out. Learn on the fly. Try to figure out how you can get better as a team, as a head coach making these duties. Don't go for it again on fourth down, six times in a game. Okay. Honey, we done that. (laughs) Remember what happened? It was no good, bad. Don't do that again. Okay, right? We can all laugh and we can all say like, yeah, that was a stupid thing to do. But unless he does it again, it's the same thing with Mel Tucker with the timeouts. I've given him the pass and I'm giving Dan Campbell this time to get his feet wet because I think he's a leader of men. And as much as that doesn't matter to me in the grand scheme of things, I think guys like to play for him. I think he has changed the perception inside that locker room that they're tired of losing. Hard Knocks gave us a nice little, at least insight to the the play up of that, probably more so than anything. But I also think that Brad Holmes has his best days ahead of him, getting talent on this team. So it's like you can't just sit here; like you gotta go. Th- Lions fans, they're gonna kill me for saying this. No, you gotta love, go love through you. the shit they love all to this get. The, <laughs> you gotta go through the shit to get to where you want to go. And I how know that's sixty-five years. I
1: mean, this is Andy Dufresne <laughs> climbing through shit to get out of Shawshank was like 3%. <laughs> this give him more time. Uh, My dad it, is, is I, in his 70s I'm and not, is gonna be dead <laughs> and, and never see them do anything. And, and it, it's this, how, the, the presumptuousness of this, the presumption that give what time? Give because time? what are you gonna do? What is your solution? Hire someone competent. Oh, because they haven't tried that before. Okay, there's different First of all, I'm on the train that it doesn't matter because the Fords are losers and they'll lose no matter what. So <laughs>
2: well, stop the conversation. But
1: I run a sports show and they're the most popular. <laughs> I want them to do well. So it's not, I mean, it's not really in my power to do anything. But, but what point- we know is possible is replacing the people downstream or, you know, beneath the totem pole there or lower on the totem pole. I, this is, I'm sorry. Salah probably would have failed because everybody fails here. But at <laughs> least you're failing, making some sense. But, but this is, How do you know what is that your, he was going to just – how do you know that he was going to make the Lions the Jets this year? Nobody knows anything. Correct. it's <laughs> what, what wager – it's about what bet are you going to make? Am I going to bet on – I'm betting on Dan Campbell. Why? I'll say that right now. Based I'm on on Dan on what evidence? Uh, just a gut feeling. Okay, great. That's that's a very compelling case that would get you I convicted. Mean, I'm, I'm literally telling you, your your client's good. going to jail. Listen, for life <laughs> for for petty theft, he's going to get locked up for twenty years for stealing a Kit Kat because you are the worst attorney. That's that's <laughs> that's the case. Uh, you have a hunch. There's no evidence. I I love you. You're one of my favorite media people. I am is telling a devastating you, devastating topic.
2: See, no, this because I want I want to make it very clear that. I don't care about the Lions. Like, I don't. I never care about the Lions. That's apparent because you are content to watch it burn. (laughs) But I will say that I think that what the organization and the franchise need as a whole is a guy like (laughs) Daniel. This is this is the this is
1: the lowest this is the We've lowest, lowest self esteem organization. What <laughs> they've so done true. to a respected member of the media, <laughs> a four time Emmy winner, coming in here saying they they uh, need Bozo the Clown to come here and toot the horn. Uh, I'm and, and you. give them a, a neck massage as they're losing again. I, I just what so, a humiliation. Go hang another playoff appearance banner, you they, losers. They, they, <laughs> I mean, I love now, how they had see, to bring. The, even they realized that banner had to come down. They 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 they're, they're not going to beat the Cowboys. No, and they're going to lose. What's the next game? It's like, uh, it's another like tough one, isn't it? They're, it's. I know they're, uh, I have to pull up the schedule. I think they're expected to be one and seven. I know they're going to be underdogs. Hey,
2: fantasy football tip for I'm all you players out
1: there. Oh, here we uh,
2: go. Pick up the defense that the Lions are playing against, <laughs> because that's how I'm starting to like get my second half of the season rolling here is like, I've got, all of the, the teams, the Lions are playing. Because the thing is, is golf's going to turn the ball over. They're going to get a fourth down stop or two. Like, yeah. th- there, there's a chance that the defense can score a touchdown because they're trying to do too damn much. Like, <sighs> trying to reset it and bring it back to reality here. This is honestly, 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 honestly. This is how I feel about the Lions. I think you have to give Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell at least another season. A full, full rest of the season, full next season. Okay. I mean, so I,
1: I just, I'd get rid of the coach now. But, I mean, the Holmes thing, here's what I'll say about Brad Holmes. That roster was borderline devoid of talent, and you had a quarterback that you basically had to trade because his heart was gone. Yes. And inheriting a disaster where the one good player you really had, or they had a couple, but, I mean, one of the few good players you really had was like, I'm out of here. He already has assembled on one side of the ball a, a great collection of talent. I mean, that offense is a treasure trove of talent. The last game they literally got shut out, but I mean they showed something in the first. Well, month. because the defense didn't do
2: them any friggin' favors,
1: right? I, I I'm just saying, like I, I think what he's done, where you inherited almost nothing and pretty quickly already have a good one half of the football. Mm-hmm. That's pretty impressive. And anything that you have against Dan Campbell, which I mean, you you think he's the best coach ever, but um, or coaching doesn't matter, so who cares how bad he is? But. You cannot, for whatever extent, like a sane person like me that can see that he's bad, you can't blame Holmes for that because this was an arranged marriage. I mean, this was like in Dubai. Like, I mean, he 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 didn't okay, hear this that's guy. That's fair. So now, I don't.
2: You can't even blame Holmes for that. So where'd Ben Johnson come from? Who who brought Ben to the party? Wasn't
1: he on, Wasn't he down on the staff, like in a lower role, even before Tampa like with, with Matty Patty? I thought he was. Don't quote me on that. I know he was.
2: My point is, like, okay, so we've, staff. we've got a guy here that's potentially in, in, in the wings that could maybe, maybe Jim Bob maybe. Cooper was
1: great for eight games, you yeah, know, Jim exactly. Like I'm obviously
2: back. not sitting here saying, oh, you got your next guy right in the, right in the wings. If, if Dan yeah. Campbell doesn't figure it out, my, but my point is, is that to your point about Brad Holmes, listen, got to give that guy time. He's got an eye for talent. He's got, you know, I mean, I'm on Ross St. Brown. I'm good. I'm good obviously there. like, yeah, good with that. Yeah. But again, it goes back to my like chicken or the egg. Like, Is it coaching or is it talent? Is it coaching or is it talent? It's both. It's both things have to work. But talent will always get you over the hump. There's a reason that we talk about the Chiefs offense being, they lost. They lost to the Bills. Why did they lose to the Bills? The Bills have better players.
1: Yeah, but don't cheapen Andy Reid. Andy Reid rolls out of bed, which takes him about an hour. But when he does get out, he wins 12 games every year, no matter who he's with. And- I mean, but the including talent Alex well, Smith at quarterback, who was a, retread, well, whoa, whoa, whoa. He's a 12 and four. Now they were 12.
2: losing a lot of games before they got good. Okay. Okay. Andy, Reid. What, what are you talking about? Andy, Andy Reid has not always been just this like, like bona fide winner. He had a couple he, of tough seasons. Okay. In 22 years, what does he had Like, one or two losing but I'm seasons. saying early on in his career. <laughs> Let's pull that up. I mean. The, the thing is, is no great coach just, like Sean McVay. Everyone wants to talk about how great Sean McVay. Oh, Sean McVay. Sean McVay. Won a Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, great <laughs> in his first couple of seasons. Sean McVay is going through it now, once again. He's going to so, go through it again. We're looking at year 10 of the
1: Andy Reid era in KC. Yeah. He's never had a losing season or even a 500 season. Every year he's won.
2: Never won.
1: Not in, not in KC. He had in Philly. That's where I'm thinking. Even so, he was. He was still good. 130 and 93. I mean, that is like a, I mean, he flamed out at the end, at the very end. That's why they fired him. He He thought he lost the juice. He had five straight seasons of at (coughs) least 11 wins. By the way, five straight 11 win seasons. The Lions in the history of their franchise have never won 10 games in two consecutive years. This guy won 11 in five years in a row. Win six and ten, and then won ten games another year after that. So Andy Reid's the man. So it's not. <laughs> it, it, what did McNabb do the second he got, of, got off Andy Reid's teeth? He sucked in Washington. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, Alex Smith was a just average game manager in yeah. San Fran. He was going twelve and four with him. I just, I coaching matters way more than you're saying. And I, I'm sorry when you get into this chess match if the talents even close. I mean, they're in a different conference, so it's not the best example. But let's say Andy gets – the Lions aren't going to any Super Bowls. But if you're in a chess match where you have to win a game against Andy Reid and the talent's even close to the same, even if you have more talent, you're telling me Dan Campbell is going to sit down at the chess table with Andy Reid and even be competitive, let alone outcoach him? <laughs> Andy Reid would embarrass Dan Campbell. Bill Belichick had Dan Campbell and his staff in a torture rack in that game in New England. You're telling me Bailey Zappi, a third-string, fourth-round rookie quarterback making his first start of his life, a guy that no one thought would even have pads on for a game this year, he wasn't even the backup, he was the backup to a shitty Michigan State backup, that that team in that game, in that spot, a team with an over-under in Vegas of like seven and a half this year, was 30 points better than the Lions talent-wise, they got out-coached and they
2: got clowned by the master. Ugh, and that stupid pencil guy. <laughs> I don't give a can I tell you how much that. I dislike Matt Patricia? Oh, well,
1: we can we can find a, common ground from there a,
2: from a personal perspective. Well I yeah. think Matt Patricia is Did you interact with him? Oh, yeah, just the worst. Was he? It's funny because he's this, so arrogant, yeah. And like the thing is, is like I think my time in the Detroit sports media was I'd like to keep things jovial, I like to keep I laugh at myself. This, <laughs> this conversation isn't proof of exactly who I am as yeah. a journalist, like I. I'm totally okay with being wrong, but at the same time, it's like, let's have fun with it, right? We're yeah. talking about sports. This isn't, like, literally life and death. So it's like, I would always, like, I'm the one that called Dan Campbell the dude. Like, in his first yeah. press conference. Like, the I was just, that was like, you know, and like, they went, the Lions ran with that, you know? So it's like, I've always been somebody who's, like, tried to, like, get good stuff out of out of guys. like Like, personable stuff, stuff that you know, 40 year old Martha in, in, in Plymouth will like on my, you know, my local TV sports show. <sniffs>
0: uh,
2: but my point is, is like first time I got to meet him, you know, the first day, of course, everyone's like, you know, they're throwing flower petals and the doves are being released and everyone's so happy. And then you start getting into the thick of the season. Lions are losing. Matt Patricia's is just saying, oh, I got to coach him better. I got to coach better, got to coach better, got to coach better. So it's like then you start asking him, OK, well, what does that mean? What does that mean? When you say that, that you need to coach them better, explain to me like I'm five what that means. Well, you know, I mean, just got to coach better. You know, I think we got to talk about the fun. I mean, he would just break it down to me like, like, like literally like I was five, but he would give me nothing. So then, you know, halfway through the season, he's getting off the podium or whatever. And, you know, I asked the last question. I tried to be something light. Like, you know, I, I don't remember exactly what it was. But, like, he kind of, you know, he did that thing where he, that he narcissistically looks at you and he goes, <laughs> That's a good question. Like, he would say that. Go, That's were a good you question.
1: Were you at the Rosting press conference, the bad posture one? Oh. Were you there? Yes. For, you were there that day? Was he, was he, is that like a, I mean, Rothstein's like seven feet tall. I, I know he's not no, anywhere. He was
2: like this and he had his like phone he, down like he this. Was he like was like that? He was looking at his phone. That is kind of disrespectful.
1: A, I may have to say, if, if he's sitting tripod, there like low riding in a cutlass. But cut he was list.
2: looking at, he was, he was, what he was doing is he was just getting his phone propped up because he, he sits in the front row and he was shooting up at him on a podium. Oh, so he was man. down like this, like kind of getting it focused. Okay. And then as soon as he got it focused, he kind of just stayed there for a second. And then he made that comment. But anyways, uh, I can, he was I can just see that. arrogant, yeah. arrogant, arrogant. And wasn't he late all the time? I think oh, Roger Always late. Justin Rogers, I think, told Always me that. late. Yeah. And then he would, you know, like, like he would like make a joke, like how, you know, oh, I got caught up. And it's like, dude, you, you don't value our time. That's fine. We don't, we don't need you to, but also don't, don't sit here. And like, that would be like somebody saying, you know, these are the rules and everybody stays by the rules. Nobody's above the rules except for me. Except for me, do you know if
1: Belichick has like a tardiness problem? I don't. I know you I don't. don't cover them, but I don't know if you went
2: through mutual contacts. No, or... Belichick just doesn't say anything. Well, like, I know that, like, but like, I'm just he's curious just, like, if he showed there's up There's nobody. The time. There's no, and like that's what the thing about Matt Patricia. He was trying to be something he wasn't. Right. But anyways, just to finish that first part of the story, like I asked him like some jovial question about maybe it was like the fans or the community. I don't remember what it was, but it was something for him to end the press conference on a light note. And like I'm, I'm getting. You know, I went to grab like my cord or something and he, he comes up to me and he goes, he goes, how is that? How'd I do? And then he just left. <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted to be like, dude, first of all, it sucked. And secondly, don't pander. Don't pander to me. Like, I, you, I don't need you to pander to me. Like, I, again, it's like these guys think that their words and actions mean so much to so many people. And at, at the end of the day, it's like they don't unless people like you and nobody nobody liked Matt Patricia ever. I don't think he was ever, li- even on his opening day. Hang on real quick. i put this pencil in my yeah. Nobody liked him. Nobody was happy about that hire. I was for five minutes. Ugh. I wasn't even happy. As soon as he walked into the room, I said, this is a disaster.
1: Yeah, It was a very early bail. Uh, I, I got off that train very fast, but I can't lie. I, don't, I didn't delete the tweets. They're out there. I, I, you know, I said, Going in in the audio version of the show too, I'm like, look, this probably won't work. The Patriots thing fails every time, but seems like a bright guy. And other than the Super Bowl that we just saw five seconds ago, they've been a good unit for six years. And you know, I to me, it made sense. I didn't think any, I never think anything's going to work that they do. But I think it made more sense than Dan Campbell on paper. Um, now I would take I take almost anybody over Patricia because guys aren't going to play for him. You're right. You're ripping your right. franchise corner in front of the team. I mean, it's just, I don't care. Just
2: even the, if he was brilliant the, schematically, it wouldn't things. matter. And he wasn't brilliant schematic. No, but I'm saying again, if like, were. yeah, 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 no. And, and again, and so that's where it's like, you know, I, I will, I will stand down on my previous comments about coaching, not mattering as much in the NFL as it does. It does matter. I will still say I'm way more talent oriented when guys like, I mean, like even like John Harbaugh, and how many times, like, the trust that he has with Lamar and, like, all those, like, recent stories you've seen, like, let's go for it, coach. Okay, I got your dog. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. like that's, like, this that, that's the talent. Like, if Jared Goff would have said to Dan, I think he said afterwards, I should have told him I wanted to do something different. And he didn't. He didn't speak up because he didn't maybe have the talent or at least, like, the gumption of saying, like, I can speak up to this guy because he trusts me. And he said that after the game, like, I should have said we should have gone for it. I should have said more. Should have done more. Like, that's what you get over time, but you get with the talented guys. Like, do you question Lamar Jackson if he wants to go for it? No, you don't. Even when he was like a rook, he didn't really do that. Do you question Jared Goff when he wants to go for it? Yeah, because he's not that good. You know what I'm saying? I, like I get what you're like, saying. Like why is it incumbent in,
1: on the player to bail out the coach? These were obvious layup decisions. These were not coin flip though. The, no, the no, no, field no. Goal the four attempt. and
2: nine, the four and nine, fourth and nine come. I mean, the, the, the turnover for the touchdown return, yes, obviously. Terrible decision. Kick kick the ball and put your defense on the field. Like yeah. this is not this is not rocket science. I get with that, but I just again, they're all connected. So we want to be mad at the players, fine. We want to be mad at the coaches, fine. We want to be mad at the organization, fine. But you, it's almost like they all have equal weight and blame on them. Fair. Fair.
1: I don't like Dan Campbell, so I'll i I like fans. Dan Campbell. Not as a guy, I like him. So, I, I said 100
2: times I'm rooting to be wrong. Okay, so let's make a bet. I'm in. All right, I okay, think, I Dan, I think Dan Campbell will have a winning record next year. <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. How, how much? Oh, what do you want? What do you want to bet? A little? Uh, oh, little, there's, you
1: can't give me a number little, that would scare me off. That I, I oh, do, no,
2: no, I don't want to do like money. I want to do something like, uh, like like some of these. Are you a cigar smoker? I'm a big cigar guy.
1: You are. Yeah. Oh, good. Uh, so we'll do say, we'll do uh, like a uh, we'll do like a nice four pack, like a nice four pack. Okay, I'm talking like a seventy dollar four pack. Done. Like, yeah, something like that. you a winning record. Winning record.
2: Dan Campbell. What beat the fired, Lions. What If he's
1: fired mid year, do I win if he's two and four? All bets
2: are null and void. This is just like DraftKings.
1: I want to collect if he's, <laughs> if he's one in nine I'll or you, one in seven nice or something. I get nice Monte Cristo White Series. <laughs> <laughs> if it's clear, if I'm about to win, you're, there's no technicalities here. Just right. like if he's eight and zero and like God forbid, like dies or something. I'll, well, yeah, 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 pony it up. <laughs> yeah, I'll pony like up that. So all
0: right. I think
2: I think next year though, because I think that's the thing is like I am not a quick fix guy in the NFL. I'm just not, and I know that some people like. Do you really think just because the Jets are winning now, do you think the Jets are going to win shit this year? absolutely not they were they're hot right now it's a it's a four segments four game seasons it's four games better 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 than this shit i mean it better i don't disagree but i also don't think the jets are gonna like surprise anybody and get to a wild card why are the lions a one team exception like everybody else turns it around fast because like why why do we make these excuses why is the sky blue why why is grass green like God makes things these so way, God Justin. God made God
1: made well God did a bad job with the construction of that one. So all right, let's, let's pivot. I, there's because we are running long. I want to get into <laughs> Ben. Play that, beauty. I think you have some uh, clips of uh, Justin from his oh no prior career, not video clips. I, I wouldn't do oh, that to you too much, no. but just what a little. Well, no, you didn't. Do, just pictures. You looking very handsome, but you made we touched on it earlier. An interesting oh, wow decision. We touched on it at the open. Like Teen Wolf. You, look, you look highly. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mark yeah.
2: Dantonio with the Nike vest. I, I, I found your decision. Johnny um, Kane.
1: Yeah, Johnny Kane. Dude, I look so fat. There. Johnny Jesus. Well, You got to lift tomorrow. Hey, uh, there we go. You got the Emmys going. That's right. So you've had so many stories in your career. Tommy Izzo. Um, you, you had so many interactions that you, you, know, we talked about. You were there for trouble with the snap, and you're interviewing, mm-hmm. you know, coach right, Mark Dantonio, right after. But there's a story in research for this, I read my friend Tony Paul's article. I think I read it at the time too last year when you made this decision to pivot and completely reject a TV offer, which no one does. You had a little tidbit in the Tony Paul story Mm. that I had never heard before. Mm. And I want the actual story because Tony Mm. didn't expand on it in the story and I wanted more. Mm. You were there when Dave Dombrowski got fired. I was. Like right
2: outside the Door, I broke you that were the story. first one to know. Like, it was the first what? one to know. Tell okay. me that story. Yeah, yeah, I'll just yeah. Turn
1: my mic off. I no, just, no, no, no. What okay. was that story?
2: No, that that's okay. So I remember it was uh, you know pregame locker room. They opened it up at like I don't know three three thirty for a home game or whatever. And so it was me. I was down there. I got there early because of course I'm an MMJ. So I got my own camera and my own microphone gonna go in, get do a pregame sound thing, wrap something on the field and then send it back, and they'll run it at six o'clock newscast. And I remember like the locker room didn't open. And I saw Dombrowski go into the locker room. And no one was around. So I'm like, okay. So then I'm standing there and like Jeff Rieger comes down from 97 won the ticket, and I'm like, Jeff. Something's going on like 20 minutes late and Dombrowski just went in there. And then Jeff's like, oh, okay, well I got time. So he like runs back somewhere. I don't know if he we went back down to the field or if Some again, I'm just by myself hanging out there. And all of a sudden I see this kid and he's carrying these two large, like duffel bags, like hockey bags. They look like hockey gear bags and they're just chuck full of shit. And he's crying. And he's walking out and he, <sniffs> and he just walks right by me, right up the tunnel. What's going on here? Like, what is going on here? So then I see Dombrowski, like, walk out. And I said, hey, Dave, how are you? And he kind of just looks at me, looks down and just walks right out the tunnel underneath, which is where the players' cars go underneath that street and then into the players' like lot or whatever. And I was like, holy shit. So Rieger comes back and I go, Rieger, I think something's going on with Dombrowski. And he's like, what do you mean? I said, well, he went in there. This kid came out. Come to find out, I said, this kid came out crying with these full bags. And I was like, he looks like a team manager. And he goes, Dabrowski's kid's a team manager. And I'm like, dude, I think Dombrowski got fired. And he's like, come on, no, what are you talking about? And I'm like, look, this is what happened. Dabrowski came in. The kid left with stuff. Dombrowski left and went straight down to the exit. I go, I'm not willing to like tweet it or anything like at this exact moment. But like, I think we need to alert. So I called my, my executive producer. And I was like, Hey, um, I think we need to get an article ready. Like start writing it, get it ready. And he's like, how sure are you? And this is something that pissed me off about local news. I mean, I had been working there. When did he get fired? 2015. 2015. So I had been there for a little over a year. And like, I mean, look, I don't expect everyone to give instant credibility to everybody, but like I hadn't made any mistakes. So I'm calling like the EP and I'm like, get an article ready. Send a truck down here. This is a big deal. They're going to fire. I think they fired their GM. Well, how do you know? Is it confirmed? I said, I'm confirming it. I'm the source. If we're wrong, I'm the one that's wrong. I go, we don't need to push it out right now. We just need to get it ready. And as soon as I get word, or as soon as I'm pretty sure, <coughs> I'll let you know. Okay, okay, okay. So, Rod Allen was still uh, at the booth at the time. So, people are starting, more media members are starting to come into this locker room, and it's still not open, and nobody knows why. And I'm starting to tell this story. I'm like, guys, I think Dabrowski just got tossed. Because I saw him go in, saw his kid come out, with the bags, went straight to the exit. Like, so people are like, really, really, really? So finally, I'm like ready to like, I called again and I'm like, guys, push it. Like, it's still not open, it's been over an hour. Like, something's happening here. Right as I pushed, said that, and they're like, "Well, we can't do it until it's confirmed. I'm like, this is what pissed me off. It's like, trust me, I'm not putting my whole life on the line here for you to me, for me to be wrong. OK, like that was the thing that really shook me about that more than anything. But then uh, Rod Allen showed me his phone. He got an email. And it said company, all Tigers employees like Dave dombrowski have been relieved of his duties. And I was like, damn, I just watched that happen. And like if I would have had the wherewithal of like shooting him walking just just because B-roll, right? Like just for the sake of having B-roll of Dave Dombrowski walking into the clubhouse. Walking out of the club. I mean, just, just to have it, you know? Should have done it. Would have had gold video. God, so off
1: guard, though. I
2: mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean I, I, I've seen Dave Dombrowski a hundred times walking in and out of that thing. And it never was weird until this time. And that's where that intuition, where it's like, something crazy is going to happen here. Something weird is going to happen here. Or like, you know what I mean? Like, if something's just off and it's away from, because cause sports people in general are people of ritual and routine. And so when the routine gets off, that's when crazy shit happens. And that's when, like, you, you know, something's going on, something's wrong, something's different. So that story was, was wild to me. And I just remember, like, the rest of the day, there we were, like, you know, breaking it down and talking about it. And Did you guys end up breaking it? I forget. I mean I think Because you could have had it. You could have gone rogue and just tweeted it. I should've. I, I would have been fired you know, if the you thing were is, wrong. Is like, I don't even I don't even know. I don't even know how to search tweets. This is how bad I am at like the Twitter like going back in time. I'm sure if you went back to that day and you looked at my tweets from that day, they might show us what well, I was thinking at that time. It was a surprise because there was It was so
1: out of left field. It it was it it was kind of out of left field. There was a thought that he might be let go at the end of the year might probably safe might, but he had just run the trade deadline trading price for, you know, Norris and Boyd. And I mean, it's just the idea that he would be run out. What was that? Like, two days after the trade deadline like he had just
2: been allowed to make these consequences and 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 he was the guy that was like the architect of all these teams that like went far and like did well and and like all these you know they didn't they didn't they didn't get over the hump and like win obviously at the highest level but like his fingerprints were all over like what made those teams exciting what made people love those teams what made like the, the fan base go crazy and buy tickets like. They haven't. The Tigers have not seen that sustained success since he left. Marlins won a title,
1: came here, had a team as a prohibitive favorite in the World Series twice. Had the best of the teams that he ever had. Blow an ALCS through no fault of Dave Dombrowski's in 2013. Leaves, goes to Boston, wins a title. Yep. Leaves, goes to Philadelphia. They're middling. Almost overnight, they could win a title this year. Yep. They are a
2: coin flip. To make the world series right now. And, and, and you know, the thing is, is like, I still, like, if it's out there, it's out there. I, I, I haven't been privy to like the background information of why that really fell apart. Like, there's a real secret reason. I think why. Mike Coach was just mad that I gave you the payroll and we never won. I, I, I don't, I think it, I there's mean, something more than that. I'm not saying there's not. I, I, I just, that's, I think that's that was my understanding. I think, yeah, that, that's what they told everybody. That's But what, I mean, like, Dude, I would have
1: never fired that guy. I think no. you had the
2: best one no, no. of the two or three
1: best, if not the
2: best GM in the whole sport. And he's proven it before and then since. Yeah. So it's not like it was like some one. And during I mean during right. Th- and it's, hard, you're it's right.
1: hard to 100%. actually win. Hundred percent. If you're a GM and you have your team in the World Series twice as the favorite, the favorite because the talent on the field that you put together is better than the one across from it. Mm-hmm. I think you kind of did your job as, uh, as the yeah. GM. Right. The players at some point got to hit the ball. Correct. Like, I understand the whole book stops with the top guy. Like, I get it. <coughs> but if I put the best team on the field and they got to the World Series multiple times, not as a toss-up or as a right. slight favorite. Theme, Wild card run. A substantial <clears> favorite <throat> in both of those World Series. And they had the best team in baseball. One of the best teams in baseball of that decade in 2013 At some point, you got to make pitches and and swing and hit the ball. Right. And and that's not on Dave Dombrowski. Your job as a GM is to put the best team on the field as many times as possible. He did that repeatedly. I love Dave Dombrowski, and I hope that he wins despite everyone that said anything bad about him because I think he got a bad rap here. And I get people bitching about, oh, yeah, anyone can win with a big payroll. Motherfucker. The guy took over the worst organization in baseball, one of the worst five in sports in 03. And then, oh my, Tony Paul will chime in and say, oh, technically it was December, of, oh, like whatever. He, he almost overnight had them in three years, not even one Olympic cycle, in the World Series. That wasn't with money. They went into the World Series as prohibitive favorites and not on some flukish run. They were the best team in baseball most of the year. They had a bad September and squandered the division. But they were a 90-plus win team, got into the World Series as monster favorites over St. Louis with a middle-of-the-pack payroll. They were like the 15th or 16th payroll that year. Mm-hmm. He didn't buy his way out of that. right? That was stealing Placido Polanco, stealing Carlos Guillen, stealing in free agency Kenny Rogers. It pudge, it, it was a four-year, $40 million deal. That was like a middle-class deal at the time. No one else wanted to sign him because of a lumbar spine issue. That wasn't buying his way out of shit. The maglio is 5 five-for-75 deal or whatever it was, was crucified by the national media because of his bad knee. So, yeah, he spent, they had like the 16th payroll. So, right. miss me with
2: that. Nonsense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, awesome. Well, and it's like, I, I worked in Pittsburgh for two years and I watched them make the first wild card appearance in like f- 25 years or something like that. Nice and that's stuff. the famous Quado Quado blackout, PNC Park. God, what a night. Like, <clears throat> I always parallel. <clears throat> Pittsburgh and Detroit, because they're very similar like cities like blue collar cities kind of growing off these industries that are kind of that died and had to be revived like Pittsburgh reinvented itself as like a tech hub. Now, Detroit is reassembling itself kind of in the similar ways like tech hug, but also like still automotive. Anyways, their, their, their fan bases are so passionate. And so being there for that reminded me of like, wow, if the Lions ever got got to a playoff game at home be oh it would God. it would be it would be that night at PNC Park times a bajillion the tailgate it all would day, be all morning all week I mean people people literally park out there all week I agree so it's like that's the type of success that I hope for for all of our teams like quite honestly like I mean Brad and I used to joke Brad Galley who used to work at Channel 7 with him like we used to always joke that our previous boss Tom Lydon would say hey, let's cover a parade this year. He would say it every single year, starting in 2014. We covered no parades from 2014 until I left in 2021. Um, But I covered a lot of coaches, a lot of general managers getting hired and fired, though. Uh, The point is, is like Detroit is such a special sports town. And I was so privileged and blessed to be able to work in my hometown, the teams I grew up watching, the universities. it's, It's the number one sports town in the country because of our universities. Because that Boston is really good, Pittsburgh's really good, but they don't have Michigan and Michigan State. No. And that's why this sports market, we are so lucky to have all four sports teams and two, two colleges, with Michigan and Michigan State being good at basketball, women's basketball, hockey, football. Like, I mean, it just it never ends around here. It's such a such a cool sports town to be a part of and unique in that way. But it's like, They got to start winning because we have, have, as sports fans, we have stuck by them. And for the last eight years, Justin, we have been talking about nothing but losing and not enough talent and bad hires. And here we go again, another rebuild. And it's like, we need to get paid off at some point. And I believe it's coming. And that's why it's like, I got to believe in Dan Campbell a little bit. I got to, even though you don't want to hear it, I got to believe in him because That suffering has to end at some point. To your point, 60-some years, it's got to end. Same thing with the Red Wings. Like, I covered their last playoff series when they got swept. That was like my first year working here in 2014. They got swept by the Tampa Bay Lightning. I remember sitting at Joe Louis Arena for Game 4, and then they lost whatever it was, and I just remember being like, oh, well, you know, I'll cover another playoff game. I didn't cover another playoff game until that sham of a Pistons team (laughs) went to... Uh, played against uh, the Bucks and got swept in four. And I remember being at Little Caesars Arena and being like, this ain't, this ain't happening. Blake's playing on a half a knee. And that was it. That was, and, and then a college football playoff when Michigan State went and got smoked by Alabama. So it's like in eight years in the city, I covered five playoff games.
1: Maybe you were the problem.
2: Maybe I was the problem. <laughs> That's, I mean, Maybe I was the problem. The, li- the time, Lions- time, time for me
1: to get out of Dodge. The other three teams, though, in this stretch have I mean, the Tigers haven't won a title in my lifetime, but shortly before, like they've all had those ebbs and flows. The Lions are just always bad. So I don't know why I have to believe something's coming for the Lions. The other three, I agree with you. One thing I'll say, I like all four GMs, including the Lions GM. Uh, the least of the four, just because I think we don't have as much to work with. Troy Weaver has basically done everything I was asking that organization to do for like the last fifteen years. Awesome. Since since about oh eight when that other group was just
2: cooked. They 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 start tomorrow. And I'm telling I can't you, believe it, but I am locked in on the pistons. Big picture I am. I think next year is when they pop and, and Oh, I just want to see growth, progress, no injuries. I think we will. Like 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 yeah. this is just a, I want to watch them grow. And like yeah. I say that about the Red Wings, but the thing about hockey is like hockey is so tough to follow from like like, cause there's no college, these guys don't play. Like, you didn't see Soder Bloom in in Michigan. You have no or, relationship you have with no them. relationship yeah. with these new guys. So you're like, oh, cool. He's a 6'8 guy. He can dangle it a little bit and people bounce off him. Mean, he's fun to watch. Okay, I can get behind him. It's like, where's he from? What's his first name? Like, like, like Elmer or Elder? I, I don't yeah. know. Like, my point is, is like, I'm no Jaden Ivey though, been watching that guy at Purdue for a long time. Big fan of his game hate that he lost to St. Joe's or St. Peter's, whoever, you know, popped them in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, which is but it's largely like, his fault. But. but it's like, he's a guy that's like, with Cade and him in that backcourt, it's like, ooh. He was so like, bad in that St. Peter's. Oh God, he was, so he was like
1: two it. for yeah. 14. But, but my went, point
2: okay. is, is like, I have, I, I have like a predetermined relationship of watching this athlete play his game. And I'm yep. excited to watch him grow for my team now. And it's the same thing with like, you know, there's Michigan fans out there who say that about Aiden Hutchinson. I don't particularly see that coming to fruition, but that's not a Michigan jab. It's just the Naden Hutchinson jab. Uh, I still like Aiden. I'll go down with the ship. You go down with that ship. I like him and I'm not one to be, uh, but no, I, I think, you know, and this is always such a hot topic debate on, on sports talk radio, but like, God, I'm so high in the Pistons and the Red Wings in the next couple of years. I'm with you. And like, sure. The Tigers will come around. I really like Spencer Torkelson, huge fan of Casey Mize and like that pitching, young pitching Turk Skubel, but a great guy, great kid, you know, head on his shoulders. Like those young guys in that organization are are fine. I don't think there's any rotten eggs there. And it's the same thing with like, if the lions can ever just get more talent, more young talent, they're going to be fine. But you're right. GMs are really good in this town right now. Who cares about the coaches? I love Dwayne Casey though, man. Oh, he's, he's, he's he's good for now. he's not going to be there when they, uh,
1: he's he's a transition, but he's
2: also like, he's also kind of getting to the point where his, his, yeah, he's just getting older. No, I think you know? he's like, going to walk away on his own. I, I, right.
1: I think the, I think their relationship with the organization and him, I think they all kind of know what they're doing. Sure. Like, I think Dwayne Casey, I think they've been transparent with him. I don't know this. This is my speculation. I think they've been transparent with him about, like, hey, here's what we want you to do. We want you to teach these young guys how to play. I think he's probably told them, yeah, I don't want to do this eight more years. Right. I. That's the vibe I get. They're just –
2: they're cohesive. It just feels like everybody's on the same page, because which was not the case before. Here's, here's the thing. It goes back to my whole thing about professional athletes. There is a certain point in time, especially with like a young, the young team. It's not football, right? This is basketball. You've got five players playing, and the average age of the Detroit Pistons starting tomorrow night is like 12. They're, the, they're babies. They're babies out there. Cade Cunningham is barely 19, barely 20 years old. Jaden Ivey, like... 17 going to prom next week. Like my point is, is these guys are all under 21 years of age and they do need help. They do need fundamentals. They do need coaching because basketball is a different game than football. Like, yeah, you put your elbow here. But the problem is, is my JV coach was just some guy taught math third hour. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I learned how to shoot a basketball from a guy who's like somebody's dad. Like, not like, like, like a neighborhood dad, not like a coach in the NBA. So the point is, I'm trying to make is like these guys and Jade Ivy, perfect example. He didn't play four years at, at Purdue, played a couple of years. Like, I mean, Jalen Duran played one half a season for Penny Hardaway. You think he learned anything from Penny well, Hardaway? Penny Hardaway doesn't
1: like, coach. Like, I, that,
2: exactly. Yeah. So my point is, is like those guys need the coaching and the tutelage at the point of the careers that they're at. Cade Cunningham, raw talent, really good got to learn to play the IQ game, got to learn to see the game from through like, and that's yeah. where the coaching comes into play in the NBA, maybe more in a couple other sports. I mean, all sports have their different like sex that where the coaching really matters, but the NBA is specifically because all these guys, they have such little coaching from different people along the way. They got a, they got an AU coach and they got the high school coach. And then they got the college coach or the, the, the ignite coach or whatever. And then they've got all these private trainers and it's like, you finally get to like an NBA coaching staff. And you finally say, oh, I've been dribbling wrong my whole life. Wow, that's interesting. No one told me that I could use both hands. That's I, I thought I could only dribble with my right hand. They're like, they're they're in good shape, that organization.
1: Really good shape. They, they're stocked with assets. They're stocked with money pretty soon. I mean, I already have some now, but like very soon as soon as next year. Last thing I'll say about them before we move on to our speed round. I and I tweeted this at the time. I have a, I would say more I'm friendly with than I'm friends with. I'm very friendly with a very recently retired NBA scout most recently with uh, Memphis and uh, had a uh, couple of years with a different franchise prior. He had Jalen Duran as, and I'd have to look up at my tweet as either the third or fourth prospect in the Easy. entire draft. Easy. And and that's why I posted my little like Darko state news, big board or whatever. And I just, I still, and I it was transparent. I was like, I just took what my buddy said. I had my own opinions about the top three and and that, but Beyond the top three, I, I just stole my friend's uh, list. And uh, he thinks Duran is, I mean, he's not going to be Giannis. But he thinks he's a like, poor man's, and this is a compliment, Dwight Howard. Because people forget how good we make right. fun of him. Dwight Howard. Well, it, later in part of his career. He's a Hall of Famer, yeah, right? Yeah. He was the best center in the league for eight years. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was 24 and 12 like every year for yeah.
2: half a decade. So, Jalen I mean, duran was like at the top. He was the top three coming out of that year's high school class. Yeah, he was number one on some list yeah, and up and down. Lists. And
1: Yeah, I mean, he's so even if he is like 18 and 10, two box, I don't mean next year, but I mean right, right, right. year yeah. three, yeah, yeah, like yeah. Eight, 18 and 10, two, two and a half
2: box a game. That's one of the best. If Isaiah six centers Stewart in the it's six eight, if Isaiah Stewart six eight can have how many double doubles did he have last year? I, I love mean, Stewart. Double digit double doubles. The one I mean, like, got away from time is a, one of the many. <laughs> um, he did. I thought he was coming too. It Goes to Washington. <coughs> but like, if if Durin can just have like you know ten to fifteen double doubles this year, yeah. For for a rookie, if Isaiah Stewart could do that. Duren should be able to
1: do that with ease. Yeah. Duren's a teenager and he's going to get down. Yeah. Um, didn't they just have an injury to their front
2: court? Who, who? Yeah. Marvin Bagley went down.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Was it, I thought they had, I knew Bagley went down, but I thought they lost somebody else too. Like one of their, not in, like super important guys. Maybe I'm wrong. I know no. Bagley's going to open up more time for Duren. Yeah. Him going down. I think he was going to play anyway, but for the record, at least one NBA scout thought Durin was like a top four player in the whole draft.
2: I would agree with that. And, i really liked him. Um, his I'm upside just, is unbelievable yeah and that's why troy weaver's the genius that he is but he had the wherewithal to be like dude i will do whatever i need to do oh wait nothing here have nothing and you got i have nothing
1: i like having the guy with the pedigree of superstar five-star top five recruit who went to a uh zero of a coach because it's like we have no idea what this guy can do none join case even if you don't love him He's a like competent, smart basketball. Very coach. smart IQ. Yeah. Like he Very. knows he knows ball. Yeah. So what I mean, and I, I I actually like Dwayne Casey, but even if you don't, like, he's a lot smarter than Penny Hardaway. He's a much Old. better basketball coach than yeah. Penny
2: Hardaway. Hundred percent. So
1: he's gonna get some far superior coaching. Yes. And it's not like he
2: was bad last year. Right. Like he was pretty good. But i say we I don't think we know the half of how
0: good that no. kid is. I'm upside, really high on He's
2: him. one of those guys that you look at with upside and you go. He's got. It. They stole that motherfucker. They they had, they, had, they they had to pay
1: Kemba Walker like eight and a half million dollars to go to fly roller. a kite, and then traded like what like another like weight pick or something. I mean, they they a Second rounder. That could be a franchise center. But oh. This is not shit we saw them do the last Never. couple years of Dumars. No. I mean, well the Rashid trade. I wouldn't say ever, but I mean, we had a twenty year gap
2: almost, like yeah. an eighteen year gap of seeing this type of Troy shit. Weaver is. He, he and Steve Eiserman are easily the top two GMs that we have so far. Oh,
1: yeah. Like, Here's what I said. Even if Weaver doesn't work out, it's hard to win easily. I understand right. it. Everything he's doing
2: Everything he's sense. done. Those books, are they, are they still paying Josh Smith? I, I, I use think, that joke yeah. a lot because it's like it they were wasn't paying wasn't that him. far off. I know. They were paying him for like another eight years. I remember Stan Van Gundy. I sat down with him the first like, week he got the job. And I sat him down and I was like, Stan, what do you need to do to turn this into a winner? And he kind of looked at me like, a lot. He even inherited a dumpster fire, and he threw more gas on the dumpster fire with the moves that he made, trading away all those picks and getting all this washed up town. We don't need to go down the rabbit hole. Speed round. Getting speed round. tired. My goodness. Yeah, well, well this, you'll go fast. Don't give me the Justin Rogers version. The speed round was
1: longer than the body of the show. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, it really was. I, Justin Rogers and I had a two-hour speed round, so let's keep it 60 seconds or less for all of them. We'll go fast. This was a debate on Twitter today that I started Charles Rogers versus Kenneth Walker Kenneth Walker. Okay. That's it. All right.
2: Fair. Good. I mean, it, it, I agree. It, as far as like his impact at Michigan state at that for who's the time, better, for
1: who's the better player, Kenneth Walker. I agree. And I love Charles. I never thought I'd say that. Cause I was, the, I no, was the, I,
2: I, I was huge. I remember that one foot grab he had against Notre Dame in the yep. back of the end zone. I'll never forget that play. And I cheered my ass off, but He didn't impact. Now that I have actually seen those games, like as an adult, and like I can make different determinations, 1,100 plus yards after contact is way more impressive than a one foot catch in bounce. Yeah. The wins
1: above replacement on Kenneth Walker was like
2: five. (laughs) (laughs) He was worth like five wins. Yeah. All right, moving on.
1: You can change the outcome of one game in your lifetime, just one (laughs) game, not a series, not a season. Flip the game, the outcome of one individual game. Whoa,
2: you should have given me
0: time to think about this It's not
2: that you're supposed to be on your feet. The outcome of a game.
1: I mean, while you're thinking... Give me yours. Well, I'm getting there. I've always said, I want to say... 2013 game two ALCS, not only because I was there and I was in the shower like Vesper after witnessing a murder in the stairwell uh, in the shower of my boss in O'Donnell. But I, I always, you don't know, even if they go up 2 0, I think they probably win that series and then probably win the World Series. But it's tough to go against an outcome of a game that would literally win you a championship if you flipped it. I, so my answer is 2009 Michigan State in Detroit, they mm-hmm. had the hardest road to hoe yeah. of any team. Three straight one seeds, defending yeah. champion three-seed Kansas, a USC team that had DeMar DeRozan, Vucevic. Mm-hmm. They had four NBA players on them in the second game. That was the ob- objective in terms of seeding the hardest path any team's ever played. And they play a super team in UNC. The game was not close, but that's not
2: the question. If I could just flip the I, outcome, I, you know, I think- winning in Detroit. Yeah,
1: no, that, so that, a that's
2: a good one. I'm not going to go with that one. I'm going to go with an NCAA tournament game, though. Okay. I think it's the Final Four game against Butler. That would be in my top that, three. That that if they win that game, I think they win a the title because Duke. It, it was it that was a, the worst. That was, a, that was the worst Duke team yeah. we've seen in a really long time. I can't believe they and, made and it like that far. Gordon Hayward, oh, like well, Butler they, like the Cinderella story. Michigan State made the Cinderella story. Like they made Butler who Butler was at that time. Like because we were, of Michigan okay. State. We were the Cinderella. We just had too cool of a name to wear
1: the crown or to a that's slipper true. or whatever. That's, true. that's, we, a, that's we're a, the a, one that lost our that's best a great player. Question. We lost our best player, the Big Ten player of the year, by the way. So like not just our best player, the best player in the conference, like ranked, won the award. Right. And still made it there yeah. and basically had to get screwed. If you ever see yeah. Tom Izzo out and about, I've told the story, go up to him and just no. after, maybe say <laughs> hello first, but after hello, just say, hey, uh, was Draymond fouled against Butler? <laughs> I've done it twice. He, he, he is so funny. He'll just be like, hey. yeah, hell yeah, of course he was. Like, he's so like, he, he knows. Yeah. Everybody knows. Hayward himself was asked about it in the post-game press conference after the game and had kind of a sheepish laugh. There's no controversy about oh was Peyton shin down or not. yeah. Every Hayward knows he fouled him, and you have a seventy percent free throw shooter who only needs to split the pair mm-hmm. to get you in overtime. So it's like even if you're like you don't know he'd make both. Okay, go one for two. See in OT. Yeah, I mean they were fucked. So unless you're telling me a 70% shooter is probably going to miss both. I mean, it's
2: possible. Possible. But statistically, the chances of well, it's 70% just like, you, But you don't off. ever know. Because like, then it comes, okay. But they deserve the chance. If it's, if, it's, if it's a tip-off and then there's a rebound. like There's a million different things. That was the worst non-call I've ever seen. It was bad. It, it, I'm sorry, but like,
1: it wasn't blocked. So unless you think Draymond is so bad at basketball that he shot the ball two feet. Right. Like, on a 20-foot turnaround. Right. like.
2: It's just the refs. Sometimes they just want to swallow the whistle late in games, and oh. they don't want to make the. Uh, the I mean, that, a good that's. Good answer.
1: Anyways, yeah, that's, that, that's
2: my that's my. Sorry,
1: I'm, I'm hogging a, you around. Best Michigan State jersey. Throw them up some. You can you can vote off the board. They've had other versions. This has been. I get a different answer every time. We've run this back okay, a couple so of times. So
2: first of all, number one, burn them. Thank God the kids Neon, love those. I know the kids can the kids can love them all they want. Burn them. They suck. I'm with uh, you. The Pound. first iteration iteration of the pro combats featuring one Kirk cousins. Uh, I do believe I have that rendition of that Jersey at my house somewhere. Um, it's not my favorite because I didn't like the bronzy thing to it. Um, I did like the one right below at number five, but my, my favorite, my favorite Jersey is the all whites. Now I want all whites with black. That's what I want.
1: Where's the black coming in?
2: Uh, where the green is. Oh, okay. And I, I want see. the green to be stenciled on the outside. So it almost oh, looks I like see, it's all Oh, I black. see what you're saying. I don't like what you're I saying. want the bl- numbers in black with a green like liner. So like up close, you can obviously see it's green. That number five, but, man. That
1: pro combat. And
2: you know what else I want to see? I want to see, remember those Boise State helmets with the giant horse on one side? Yep. I want a Michigan State Spartan head that big on one side.
1: That'd be sick. Like gr- the gruff head or the helmet? Like Either that. one.
2: Yeah, either one, but like take that on a pro combat and make that sucker real big on one side of it and then have like either black jerseys or white jerseys with black. I mean, you they they have not yet come up with like the next great pro combat. And I wonder if that's like a Nike thing. I wonder if that's like, just like, well, we got these stupid neon ones. You can have those for a while. Like, like, are we bored? Are we lazy? Like, I I've got time. got to get Nike, that. I've got time. If you want to bring me out for a consultation, like, I mean, we could figure something out here. Mark because, Hollis was so good oh, with them. Like he was a good on, friend. Yeah. Good oh, friend. Oh, really Yeah, really. And Mark and I talk a lot about like, you know, that type of stuff, because I, I remember those first, when those jerseys, the original ones, like the ones that they came out with all of the all of the teams have them now. It was like uniform across all sports. Yeah. The script was only for the basketball at the time when I first came out. This was in like what, 2012? Something like that. I mean, that's when Mark came out with like the, the state, like women's basketball, volleyball, soccer, like all of them were gonna be like with this Michigan State Spartans and there's gonna be this block. People hated him at first. And I'm like, Mark, I think you're onto something here because Michigan State was different colors green, different colors script. This, like, I mean, the women's basketball jerseys were totally different than the men's. Like there was no uniformity across all sports. And Mark was the one that came up with the idea. Hey, you should probably look the same for all Spartans. Thing. Like, wow. Yeah, good call. Like, genius.
1: We did <laughs> simple. A, we did a lot of Michigan talk earlier. This will be a brief pass <clears throat> on this one. Michigan athlete that you just you know, begrudgingly love. You can't help but love. Can't help but respect secretly love however you want to phrase it i always put trey burke on there mm, i loved chris weber's I game i was too young you know who i really but.
2: you know who i really i still to this day really enjoys isaiah Rivers. yeah I you mean, know i covered cheating
1: a little bit because he's a piston but all right,
2: all right well you know i covered isaiah livers when he won mr basketball okay. from grand rapids and so then he went to michigan so i covered him during his time at michigan you know so i've seen him I was like, I don't want to say I was friendly with him. I ran into him at a, at a restaurant uh, six months ago. Heard is a great guy. He's a... D- everybody loves dude. him. And you want to know who else I love? John Beeline.
1: Yeah, I'm, oh, I'm with you there. John, No, no, begrudging. Like, John, no I
2: would, begrudging. I would invite John Beeline to like my... I would have him be like the godfather of my show. We've always job. liked him though. The Michigan
1: State fan base does not have any disdain for that guy. We've always liked... They hate though. We actually yeah, like John yeah. Beeline. No, and I, we hate Juwan. Juan Juan,
2: yeah, Joan's kind of you know, but but he but he's he's the Fab Five guy. Like Beeline came there and he was just like, he was caught off guard with how arrogant that fan base was. I don't think because that's not who he is, right? You you have to be a little bit of a jerk to be a coach at Michigan. I mean, look at their coaches across all sports. There's a common theme here. They're not really that like nice of people. Like general like John Beeline would give you his shirt off his back. And you could be Ohio, you could be Thad Matta. Like, he would give you his shirt off. He's that, that is John Beeline. You cannot replace how good of a person he was. And I can't say the same thing about a lot of the other coaches at that program. Or at that program. And look, there's bad coaches at every place, right? Don't make this like only Michigan, right? But like, that's the type of personality that John Beeline had. He was just head and shoulders, a better man than... Anybody I've ever met in Michigan. He didn't fit in there because of that. Hell of, of a that. coach. Too. Hell of a coach.
1: Yeah, Way I was better than never
2: mad thought. when Michigan made all those runs. I was happy for them. And I was like, whoa, whoa, what's going on with well, me? It was because of John Beeline. It wasn't happy. John Beeline's the best. I love John Beeline. It's a yeah. great, I, no one's ever answered that. We've done it before. It's, it's a great answer. So yeah, so so it's definitely the basketball side because the football players, there's nobody I really you know, particularly cared for, especially when I was a kid. And then mm, hockey, no, 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 basketball.
1: Uh, second to last one, the penultimate. Mm. Worst athlete interaction you've had? I mean, you don't have to get into like a six minute story. It's the speed round, but like, you know, someone that we, I threw Delman Young up there because he has been mentioned by two different reporters in the speed round as the worst guy they ever covered, like just in terms of their interactions. Has there been someone that you were just not even a specific story, but just a guy that was just a pain in the ass?
2: Jason Veritek comes to mind. Jason Veritek? <laughs> the, the captain? The captain, yeah. He was really. Um begrudgingly like rude to me once long time ago. I don't remember why I was even interviewing Jason Veritek, but I remember telling all my frat buddies like, yeah, Jason Veritek's a jerk. And everyone like for a long time after like, yeah, remember Jason Veritek? Screw that guy. Um, no, uh, bad media experience. Or just a guy that was always a, a jerk. I mean, Matt Patricia, I mean, I but he's not an athlete. No, the guy can really walk. No, Mumu. <laughs>
1: um, <coughs> I mean Veritech's a valid answer you can roll with that
2: you know I, I was can expecting... I flip can I flip it on you real quick yeah. I know people in this area are going to like go crazy for this but uh, best media interaction with a superstar Sidney Crosby Sidney Crosby is a great dude and I know Detroit fans hate him and will for uh, Sidney Crybaby yeah. and all the different Sidney Crosby is awesome and we can save that story for another day because it's kind of long. But he is, yeah. he is all. He was always gracious, and he didn't need to be, and he was always awesome. So yeah, Crosby, great answer. Not popular in this town. No, no you're a no, great no, answer.
1: No, no. finish yeah. your Best part about East Lansing.
2: Oh man, so many good things. I know. I know. It's uh, like, you it's know, have it on Earth. I, I mean, honestly, like there was, like there was a and this is kind of like so cheesy and sappy, but like right at the corner of where Brody is, where that, uh, where that uh, gas station, not gas station. what are those, uh, quick marks, no the quality, the, quality dairy. They're not there's even a, there anymore. There's a quality dairy on the corner where Brody is. That's, right where, that's still there. I think it's still there. Okay, unless, the Grand you know, River, the Grand River ones by. Yeah, but there's like, so right, there's like a little, it's right where the soccer field is. So, when you're, it's by, uh, what's the Kellogg Center? So the Kellogg Center, that's where you like walk through. So there's a little like bend on the corner. So if you're walking towards like Harrison, towards like uh, Grand River, and then you can turn. And there's like, that's like the campus cutout right there. There's a little corner bend there. And there's like a little bit of where the Red Cedar River runs. And there's a little waterfall. And I'm talking about like, it's like, goes over like a rock. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's not a, even. It's a Michigan it's, waterfall. It's, it's <laughs> not even like a real waterfall. In Michigan, that's a like, waterfall. I just remember my freshman year because you know tough times, right? You're a freshman in college, you're lost. You know, really. I remember, I remember, I would walk down there sometimes, and I would go to the Quality Deer get something to drink or whatever, and I would sit there at that corner, little bend, and I would just kind of listen to the water. And I don't know that that and feeding the ducks over by Wells Hall. There's like, nothing my, corny about what you said. That's behind I mean,
1: Michigan State and that like case. like, is, like and majestic. then like.
2: There's there's yeah, there's those those times when I remember riding a bike or walking on campus or, you know, like just the fall and then the winter and then in the summertime, like it just, it just that's what Michigan is like, you know, like people always ask me, like, what are you doing for summer plans? I'm like, not going anywhere, maybe up north, but I'm not leaving the state. Why would I leave this state in the summertime? It is the most beautiful place in the world in the summertime. Give me Michigan summers over anywhere else all day long. I'll go to Florida in the winter, or I'll go to Disney World in the spring, or I'll go to Europe in the fall, like whatever. But summertime in Michigan, you will have to drag me out of here to make me leave the state. We'll I, do it.
1: I mean, I I'm with you on everything you said. I'll just say for East Lansing, and I lived up there for two summers and, and loved it. But early fall in <sighs> East Lansing, there's no place on the planet I'd rather be. No. In. I just love I love everything about it. I remember even as a student, friends making fun of me, like because I would just go on. Walks on yeah. campus. And, and they, they, what are you doing? Like, even at night, like just, just
2: on a Friday night, like I'm just going for a walk. Like, to do what? I just go for a yeah. walk. I, I, walked I, it. I remember the last time I went it was before my wife and I got married. We went to a, a football game. Uh, I don't know if we went to the game. We went and like tailgated and stuff. And I just remember walking like underneath like the, the, the clock and like down through campus and took pictures. And I mean, it's just awesome. It's just an awesome campus. I mean, there's just, there's something about it. Like it, it's not a, like it is a city now. Oh my God. I don't even recognize the you know, downtown like the downtown the area, but like the campus, campus itself. It's just like, man, it's, it's the museum area. Like I remember like you know, ugh, the library. I mean,
1: <laughs> I'm with you. I'll start crying with you. It's just, it's just it, why I mean, would anyone like, go anywhere
2: else? I mean, <sighs> if you see that campus, it's like, I, I mean, it is, it is. And the thing is, is like, I'm not like, so to give you guys some more perspective, like, I covered Morgan. I would lived in Morgantown, and I covered WVU athletics. That campus is, first of all, it's like three different campuses, and it's dump. It's like built on the side of a hill. It literally sucks. There's nothing redeeming about that campus. Yeah, there's some nice areas, but like by and large, like there's three spots, and you're like, oh wow, this is a nice campus, and everywhere else is like, where am I? Same thing with Ann Arbor. Like I like Ann Arbor as like a town, as a city. I like to go shopping down on like Main Street and State Street and all those different things. But as far as like a college campus, like. No, it sucks. It's a terrible campus. And it's Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is in the middle of downtown Pittsburgh in Oakland. And it's like, it's the same thing. Like, I've been to the Pete. That's where they play their basketball games. And, like, they play at Heinz Field. So there's no real, like, community. And, like, it it just sucks. So it's like, of the places that I've worked and covered college athletics, nothing compares to East Lansing. And it's not because I just, like, because I went there. It's literally because... These campuses don't hold a candle. Now I'd love to get down to some SEC schools. I walked around Knoxville a little bit when we drove to Florida last time, and I was like, "Wow, I'd like to actually check this place out a little bit more." Cause Knoxville looks like a badass like college town. Have you been to Chapel Hill? I've not been to Chapel Hill. Oh, I'd like to go to. You Duke. know, that's my other oh, like Duke. Duke sucks. Duke, <laughs> Duke has Duke has beautiful
1: like gothic structured you know Notre Dame is
2: really nice too I do like Notre Dame's campus a lot too
1: speaking of heaven on earth yeah but they have the problem with Notre Dame is they have the worst town like yeah so it's like East Lansing you have a great like downtown right right there right yeah not the case but
2: Duke sucks the Duke has some nice gothic Structure. But but you know, I, I definitely want to get to a sec game at some point like i mean between the hedges would be really cool yeah, oh yeah. you know i don't want to go to alabama i feel like that's, everyone loves
1: ole miss i like, get from yeah yeah, yeah
2: hottie totties, baby yeah, everyone likes that uh spot. but you know i really wish i would i i did uh spend some time in seattle so i did see husky stadium i didn't go to a game there it was in the summertime when I was there but I saw how beautiful that was I think Autzen would be awesome to go to I've been there did, did you go to the Michigan yeah. State game there that would have yeah. been a lot of fun and, to yeah we to were that. we were in and then it got kind of snowed by Mariota. But. um yeah well they, they were allowed I got it back next year yeah yeah we so good. yeah I, I mean I I think that as I get older and like certainly when I have kids and like introducing them into Michigan State Athletics I'll probably take a little more That game,
1: the Oregon game that you're talking about, the Vernon Adams-Oregon win, that night game to kick off that year. I've always said that that was, in my lifetime, the best day in Michigan State's campus history in terms of everyone was so excited. The team was good. We Mm -hmm. thought they were going to be good. They ended up being
2: good. It's just that was the best tailgating day. That's what we have to hope that Mel Tucker brings back, where there's like, hey, we've got a top 10 Week one, week two matchup yep. in our house. Friday night. Yeah. Like that in, was the
1: best day in that campus's history in my I life. remember
2: I remember working that day. I remember interviewing some Oregon fans and like there was Michigan State fans grilling up duck wings. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I, I added remember. that to my little like you know, news bit or whatever. It was a beautiful day. The, was the weather gorgeous it was perfect. Day. Yeah, it was beautiful. And when they striped the stadium out, it was so it was loud. To I have pictures yeah. from that. It's everyone's fucking
1: happy. It was not like the Michigan game last year where Everyone's on pins and needles just, all the time. Everyone was happy. It was just a happy day, and Dude. so anyway, we'll finish there. I kept you too long, and we started late. So uh, Ben's gonna get to work and probably be up till three fixing the side <laughs> camera. So if everyone's wondering why isn't it panning, um, yeah, I don't. know. You someone... don't need a close up of
2: this. I'm telling yeah. you, this is this is as close as you need. We'll get Very it close as you need. We'll, we'll get we'll get
1: it right for you. This has been like the continued soft reopening of the studio. We're still working out the box. Well, like, before you say you.
2: anything else, man. Yeah, this is unbelievable. Like this setup you've got in here, this whole thing is it's awesome. I'm 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 so like happy to be a part of it. And anytime you need an extra guy for anything like, well, oh, I will come back
0: easily. You, you are no one's this extra is, guy. You this is,
2: man. this is, this is so, this is so much fun. And I think just looking around at like how much you truly love Michigan state. It's like, it's real, man. Yeah. You don't do this. You don't do all of what you did in here. If you don't like, love it. And so uh, I'm glad that you've got a lot of success with the show and it continues to grow. And hopefully I help you build that. Uh, as best I can with, with this episode and many more in the future. I appreciate it. You're welcome back anytime, and you'll see us
1: with our full feathers next time. We'll be peacocking for you a little <laughs> bit. But uh, I certainly do love Michigan State, and I love Michigan State alums because we just crank out Ryan Field, yourself, Tony Paul. It's a conveyor belt of good media people. Yeah. That's it, it, what we it's, do.
2: It's such a – you know, you got to get Jamel. Yeah. you got to get Jamel on. Yeah,
1: there. Jamel hates me, she, though, so I don't <laughs> think that way. I, but, hey, she doesn't like me. But uh, well. I would have to melt, though. I, I always tell people I would have had Bin Laden on nine twelve. <laughs> to me, it's not about liking. I'm not, I happen to do like <laughs> virtually all my guests. I've liked. I'd have to think about it. I can't think of any that I disliked. But I would have someone in I disliked, and I've invited people I disliked. Hey, but that's how you know. Edwards has an open invitation. I will put him in a blender in front of thousands. <laughs> he wants no part of that because it's a bad match
2: for him. I wouldn't play pickup did football you, did with. Did you him. see that Fox Sports? Video that with with Braylon and like that new reporter that they have for Fox Sports and how Braylon Edwards, and I, I joke you not, Braylon Edwards revolutionized the forward pass in the Big Ten Conference. I must have missed that, Jim.
1: He it, was a hell of a receiver. Spencer,
2: Sp- uh, Jamal Spencer tweeted it out today saying this is oh so this is like a recent thing. Like yeah, like last week at homecoming uh, or the when when was Michigan's homecoming last week or two weeks ago? Uh, All I know is that. Braylon like walked and talked with this like dweeb from Fox sports. And like, it was like, this guy was basically saying nobody has ever revolutionized football in the big 10, quite like Braylon Edwards. And it's like, try again.
1: Well, here's where I check try carefully, though. again. He is one of the best receivers I've ever seen in the big 10. So I, yeah, but Charles Rogers
2: came before Braylon Edwards. No, no
1: I-, I disagree with the, like, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm just oh, saying so I don't Braylon, like he's so good and, I, and, Braylon,
2: and I, Braylon, Braylon and I, Braylon and I, and I are we're 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 cordial, we're, we're friends. And like I yeah. would sit, I would sit there and I would say I've given him enough, you know, juice over the years on my show in passing as friends, like you know what I mean. Like yeah. i I've, I've I've given him and I've told him when he's right and I've told him when he's wrong, but like there's no doubt that when he was in his prime at Michigan, he was unstoppable and unbeatable. Like he just was. He like was enough? in a lab, like tall, oh. sticky hands, athletic, like, as jump. can be. No, yeah. I mean, I'll never forget that triple overtime. Yeah, God bless. I don't oh four, it's it's too late. It's
1: too late. <laughs> that was the last like really good team they had. uh yeah. before, before last year, I mean, you can't yeah. say they were not good last year. No, no, um, last year. Yeah, but there was a big gap. I mean, I, mean, I guess oh six. I mean, they a three point loss to be in the national title game. So that was one of their last really good teams. But mm. yeah, his. It's like, people will. Shit on him for being a bust. I'm like, I don't know, man. Like even that's kind of overstated. Like he had like a pretty solid like seven. I mean, he did less than you would want, but he's with Cleveland. Like, right, right. And it's right. like yeah. You know, I, I just to me the I don't so even me- talk about his football career. It's so- the analyst stuff. The guy's insane. <laughs> like it, it, he's, he's nuts. Where he comes up with this stuff, I don't know. He could Do like an hour on that, but he's welcome anytime because I'd love to have that show. But oh yeah, I digress. Great I to dig have grist. you. You're welcome anytime. We're I'll gonna, be back for sure. We're no gonna doubt. have the other two working, so you're gonna you, you gotta get your makeup done close or whatever because you're gonna close be ups. in close up 4K. Close this is Spirit up. Avenue Show. We got a lot coming the next eleven days. There's a lot to do between now and kickoff. We'll see what happens, but I, I'm not bending down to anything. I think we're in the same boat. Let's play the game. I'm looking forward to it. Spiro Avenue show, Justin Spiro. We'll see you soon.